business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get together, have a few laughs. You? As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm so <laughs> Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medical doctor says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Pauline, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch. The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nah. It's just the beginning. Because it is Friday night. That's right. It is the hot tag movie review. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You have got me. I am Boxman. And, of course, Anthony. Yes, I have no nicknames just yet, but uh, yeah, you have Anthony. Anthony, <laughs> yeah, that's please. I don't, I, I don't even know how this became a nickname. It was just kind of a, I kind of just showed up at uh, IYH with the name Boxman, and next thing you know, I am known as Boxman. He makes sure your packages get delivered. I guess. <laughs> I, I, well, I told Shaheen's like, "Oh man, we got to get into the explanation of how you got that name and this and that one night." And I'm like, "Dude, I can sum that up in three little words." He's like, "What would that be?" I'm like, "Uh, I sell boxes." <laughs> pretty, pretty simple to, to to sum it up, you know. I sell boxes. That's 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 how that's how I got the name. Uh, anyway, I guess that's neither here. Nor there. Uh, anyway, what else is going on, man? Chilling, man. Mm. Chilling, recovering. It was a long-ass week, as you all know. Wrestling week. Yes, yes, you had a long wrestling week last week. We were hanging out at the old uh, the old WrestleMania. Um, and by the way, there is one more good thing that did that that did happen. We can now start playing you clips again 
That's right. I want to shout out a quick shout out to Don Tony of the Don Tony and Kenny, Kevin Castle show, Breakfast with Blasey, and so many others. He, um, a lot of people know Skype has been having an issue with the, you know, if you're a little tech savvy, the stereo mix not pumping through Skype. Uh, Don Tony relentlessly searched and searched and searched, actually found the problem. It's a little, it is so easy to fix. It, it, it was laughable when you really figured out what it was. But we can actually play you clips now. And uh, that's a big thing because uh, I, I like doing that. And it's fixed now, which is a great thing. So thank you, Don Tony, for your relentless Googling. And uh, you have probably just helped an immense amount of podcasts uh, fix themselves. So thank you, Don Tony. Appreciate it, and uh, and 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 Anthony Missionary Thomas from Wrestling Soup. He relayed the information over here to us. So you know, thanks to both those guys for helping me fix this. It was it, it's really annoying when you've been doing something for two years and then have to suddenly stop. Yeah. You know, we, we we've always played clips. You know, on the you know the wrestling show, me and Shaheen always played little sounds and clips and this and that, and. Uh, it sucks when you can't do that. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here trying to talk about a promo with Shaheen, and I can't do it. Sitting here trying to talk about a clip with you and Bobby, and you know, I I got to talk out the whole clip. This will make it a lot easier. So thanks to Don Tony, thanks to Anthony uh, Missionary Thomas for getting me the info. And there we go. Yes, thank you guys. Definitely, Very good dudes right there. Definitely, man. Good dudes. Check out both their shows. And uh, yeah. I guess we can get going with the movie we are doing. M Money Train. Money Train. Money Train. Uh, Shout out to all the folks that voted for this uh, fine film. Thank you. Yeah, you actually had a couple Snipes, Snipes uh, Woody Harrelson movies. You had this, and you also had White Men Can't Jump in there. Yes, I like both. I like both, and uh, you actually spawned the idea. I didn't even intend to... But I guess you had posted something a couple of weeks ago about our twenty fifth anniversary, which thanks I felt fucking old, dude. Reading that shit. I, do, do you know how old I felt when it was like the thirty fourth anniversary of the day they went to det de the detention in Breakfast Club? I'm like, holy fuck, dude. I am aging. You know what? I'm not even aging. I'm dying at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm Once dying. you hit 40, folks, it's, it's all over. <laughs> Everything else is bonus time. <laughs> I, I'm praying for aging at this point. I'm just dying. <laughs> but um, anyway, we're uh, we're knocking out Money Train. I will not lie. Uh, Wesley Snipes may be up there in my favorite actors. I guess you could say favorite action movie actors. I'm not really great when he's in a a serious type role. But um, he's definitely one of my favorite actors. Uh, let me go through a real quick name. Here, give me a sec. And uh, one of my, you know, I like him. And I, honestly, one of my favorite teams on film, have it's always been Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. They are really good. Uh, I mean, they're... I mean, you know, I'm I'm obviously a little older, so to me, they're no like you know Steve Martin and you know John Candy or you know pe people like that. But very 
good together. Obviously, they are. Otherwise, Hollywood wouldn't have put them in more than one movie together. Um, but, I mean, some of the best movies I've seen from... I'm going to just start with Wesley Snipes here. Uh, and th- th- this is just me. I'm going to miss a bunch of movies, but don't worry about it. Wildcats, Major League. Yes, definitely. definitely. <clears throat> uh, dare I forget New Jack City. Better not. Mm. <laughs> Classic mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, and, you know, we mentioned White Men Can't Jump. Passenger yes. 57 is an excellent movie yes, i love that very movie. underrated that movie does not get talked about nearly as much as it should it doesn't and you know it was sort of a cheesy you know but you know that was early 90s action movies boiling points another one of my favorites rising sun with him and sean connery uh sugar hill uh yeah. if you've never seen sugar hill you need to watch that movie uh, excellent Excellent movie, and again, I'm not real. I mean, I, he is a little more in the serious roles in this movie. Um, kind of a movie. He, he, it, it's, I guess you could say it's New Jack City ish. Yeah, but but way more serious. It's uh, as far as Wesley Snipes' character in Sugar Hill. Best way I would describe it is, uh, it's New Jack City with a conscience. It's new. It's Nino Brown with a conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 that'd be a good way to uh, to describe it. But you know, it's got Wesley Snipes, Ken, Candy Alexander. We've spoke book about her a ton of times. Uh, o. L. Duke, who was also in The Principal. If you've never seen that movie, that's an old uh, Belushi movie. It's a really good movie. Uh, right. Anyway, D- Demolition Man, Drop oh, yeah, Zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Demolition Man was amazing. Tu Wong Fu. If you haven't seen that, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say run out and see it because I know a lot of people will be uncomfortable watching a movie where Wesley Snipes is dressed like a woman, but it is a good movie. Uh, the Fan, him and De Niro. Oh, yeah, that was oh. A... <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a movie. Murder at... De Niro. <laughs> yeah, Murder at 1600. That um, was a, a great one. I'll, I love that movie. Him and Diane Lane are in that movie. Blade. Do I mean Blade, Blade, Blade. Uh, U.S. Marshals. Art of War. That is another movie that is absolutely amazing. The Art of War. Uh, Did you like the trilogy of those? Because it was three of them. There was, and I, I got to be honest, I've only seen the first one, the original. Okay. And I, I actually just watched it last week. I literally saw it and said, I got to watch this. I haven't seen it in a long time. But, uh, yeah, he was in the... Uh, uh, what are some other movies he was in? Now, he also, you got to remember, he did go to prison. Wesley yeah. Snipes for a little while on some tax evasion. I believe it was tax evasion. Some sort of tax problem. Yeah. But um, he did make a little comeback. He did a ton of movies that went direct to Netflix DVD. Um, in Right after he got out of prison. And, you know, I mean, he's starting to make a little comeback. He was in The Expendables. Um, he's got a... Looks like he has, like, three movies that are coming out this year. So it looks like he's actually back doing regular movies. But And uh, he was just in a, a, a TV series in 2015, The Player. Wow. Did you ever really watch good. that? Did you did, did you watch any of that? Uh, honestly, I can't say I have. Is it, is it a Netflix deal? I don't think it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. I'm sure someone in the chat room would tell us, but um, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a total Netflix deal. But um, 
Oh, another movie, uh, since we're going through Wesley Snipes flicks, uh, I don't know if you ever saw Disappearing Eggs. I never that did. Was an, that was an HBO one. That, yeah. was, that was very good. It came out around, I want to say, 2001, 2002-ish. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't think I ever saw that. Um, but, uh, no, I need to, I'll, 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 I did see it, and I'll check it out. But uh, let's see here. Well, uh, also, uh, Money Train also starring Woody Harrelson. Um Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> I could go through his movies, but there's fucking 90 of them. Uh, some of the... I mean, look, here's another one with him. And uh, back to the 80s, we start off Wildcats. We just mentioned that for Wesley Snipes. There's another movie they were in together. Yeah, and, and honestly, they, they had, like, bit parts. Cause it was a, that was a Goldie Hawn movie, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a football coach or something. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, let's see, some really good movies, but we mentioned White Man Can't Jump, Indecent Proposal, really oh, good I, movie. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, I, I love that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, and let's not forget where Woody Harrelson got his start was on the show Cheers playing Woody. <laughs> Very creative, <laughs> Hollywood. Really creative. Um, but uh, he was also in a movie called The Cowboy Way, him and uh, Kiefer Sutherland. I really like that movie. It's not Same. great. Kingpin, oh my god, we have to do that movie one night. And box, we cannot mention Woody Harrelson without mentioning Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. A little movie called Palmetto, 1998 movie. Odd little movie, but a very good movie. One you should check out. Uh, Ed TV, I've seen Play It to the Bone. Uh, Snipe, Wesley Snipes was in Play It to the Bone, but he was pretty much just in the crowd. I don't know why he was pretty popular at that time, but he was just a guy in the crowd. Uh, yeah, who knows? It might have been like one of those deals where he called, you know, did a favor. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah. Uh, Woody Harrelson, you just see pop up in some movies. I mean, he was in Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell, Zombieland, but, you know... Um, recent movies. Now you see me. Now you see me. A oh, great one. True Detectives. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no. I have been told watch it. I need to watch it. I know it's on Netflix. Uh, definitely need to watch that movie. So he's also in Now You See Me too. He's got some movies coming out this year. Already got some stuff for next year filming. Um, actually, it's the untitled Han Solo Star Wars anthology film. I don't know. Anyway, he's got a, uh, there's a new Planet of the Apes he's going to be in coming out uh, this year, War for Planet of the Apes. I did see something about that. I believe it's coming out summer of this year. I believe. But um, he just pops up in a bunch of movies. You know, Woody Harrelson, sometimes you never know. But uh, this movie also stars Jennifer Lopez. This was an early, 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 early movie for Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, uh, to, to put it in perspective, she was about a year, she's about a year off from being a, I'm sorry, a year removed from being a uh, fucking backup dancer on In Living Color. Actually longer than that. Uh, in Living Color, a fly girl, 1991 or 1993. 1993, she did a little TV movie, Nurses on the Line, Crash of Flight 7. She did another TV series called Second Chances from 93 to 94. She was in South Central in 1994. She also did another TV series called Hotel Malibu in 1994, 1995, a little movie called My Family, and then we get to Money Train. Money yeah. Train is probably the one that kind of spurred her career. 
Um, because after that, it really, there's no more TV after that. It goes straight to just movie, movie, yeah. movie, you know, uh, you know, from this movie to Jack, she was in with, uh, Robin Williams. She played yeah. Selena in the movie Selena. It's, I mean, I was, people still talk about that one to this day. Yeah. Anaconda, U-Turn, crazy movie with Sean Penn, U-Turn, great little movie. But yeah, this the, the, that movie definitely spurred her career. Um, and yeah, you're right. You know, I, I should have argued she was about a year off of that stint. But she just had some stuff in between, uh, TV stuff in between. But um, yeah, yeah. And she is now in a TV show called Shades of Blue with Ray Liotta. Holy shit, check this show out, guys. Second season just started. Uh, oh, that is back already. It is back. It started March, 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 March fifth, I believe. Wow, because yeah, yeah, I did catch like the first couple episodes from the first season, but I got to binge watch it. Yeah, yeah, def check that show out. It is fucking great. I mean, it's it's just one of those shows that from the first episode. It's intense. It kind of reminded me of The Shield. You know, I mean, the first episode of The Shield, the team shoots one of their members in the head. That's the first episode of the of the TV show The Shield. Just imagine where it can go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're going to blow away one of their own team members in the first episode, it can only get better. You know, so that, but that's, you know, this TV show is kind of about some corrupt cops, um, but it is a excellent, excellent TV show. I really don't want to give any away, but um, she's excellent in that movie or in this TV show. So definitely check that out. And I guess from here, I guess we can start getting to the movie a little bit. We'll do my quick little, uh, my, uh, my NYPD blues. There's actually three of them. Uh, Nelson Vasquez in this movie, he plays, he plays, uh, he's the subway robber in the, uh, in the beginning of the movie there. He was in, uh, one episode of NYPD Blue, Saul Stein. Does that surprise you that a guy named Saul was in an NYPD Blue episode? He had a quick part in this movie. Not really? <laughs> yeah. He had a quick part in this movie. It wasn't anything big. But um, probably the bigger one is, uh, we've mentioned this guy before, Enrico Colantoni uh, was in two episodes of NYPD Blue, and he wasn't a, didn't have a large part in this movie, but he did have a small part. And, um, yeah, he did two episodes of NYPD Blue. But uh, there you go. There's my quick NYPD Blue tie-in references. Got to have them. It's just the way I work. And from there, let's just uh, talk about the movie. What do you say? Yes. Uh, movie kind of, uh, this is my kind of movie. We all know I like cop movies. <laughs> I like cop shows. I like cop movies. This is my kind of movie. Yeah. Um, you know, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson are brothers in this movie. Do they really explain how they're brothers? Uh, I, I, uh, I think it was... Uh, I'm trying to remember. 
Uh, I want to say uh, like Woody Harrelson was more or less adopted. They, I think they were like adopted. They really don't kind of go into it, but they kind of like allude to the fact that they uh, were basically like came up in an orphanage and they were adopted by the same woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's sort of what they explain. Um, movie starts off basically they're uh, they're on a sting. Um, some people call these you know bingo bags, bingo busts. Uh, basically, they're they're plants. Uh, you sit someone or something in plain sight. You know, obviously, in this part of it, what's going on? Woody Harrelson is playing a drunk guy sitting on a bench and waiting for someone to rob him. And then he, you know, pulls his jacket. They come out, rob. You know, get the get the guy robbing him. So you know, a little sting operation. But um, obviously, this movie is a New York movie. They've got the subway system in there, and that's what they're pretty much. This movie is about a train, you know. So, uh, hence the name, Money Train. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, Box, before you go any further, sure. uh, I was going through the uh, credits here, and the uh, story and screenplay is done by a gentleman by the name of Doug Richardson. Any relation to you? I wish, <laughs> but no. Maybe. You never know. You never know, Anthony. It could. But no, not that I remember. Uh, They have in this movie a... Basically, you know, I mean, we mentioned the name of the movie is Money Train, obviously. In this movie, they have a... I guess this guy would be their boss. He sort of runs the whole subway system. He's kind of a dick. (laughs) This is... um, What's his name in this movie? Patterson? Is that the guy's name? Uh, Donald, yeah, Donald Patterson. Donald Patterson. It's played by Robert Blake. Uh, we don't really need to get into Robert Blake, do we? Uh, he was he was, a, he was was quite the little rascal. That that works. That works. Uh, and he's kind of a, a, a real douchebag in this movie. Real power hungry. He thinks because he runs the money train, he runs New York, basically. Um... You know, and, and and all this stuff that they're doing in the subway, basically he believes is his. Um, and, you know, they bring the money train pretty much right right into it almost right away. Um, you know, by when they're chasing the first guy that robs Woody Harrelson, they go directly towards the money train. And, um, you know, as soon as the guy gets near the money train, they shoot him. They shoot the 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 crook and yeah because what they do is obviously they jump down into the tracks mm-hmm. and uh, chase the guy down and I guess the con- might as well say it was like the control center yeah. uh, instructed the uh, train to stop and he said nothing stops the money train <laughs> right nothing. and then they kept trying to tell him well we got cops handling some business down here he said I don't give a fuck he basically said he didn't give a fucking keep the train going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so right off the bat they like you said they establish him as a pretty uh, dickish person. Uh, yeah, they well, uh, power hungry, real you know, p- power monger, power hungry. Thinks because he runs, you know, the, like I said, thinks because he runs the money train, he runs everything. But um, right, pretty funny part actually. Right after they shoot him, which you don't expect a funny part, but um, there it. And th- this this part is where they actually shoot them. This is the Nelson guy I was talking about. But he gets near the money train, and obviously the guys near the money train are, 
you know, really skittish, and anyone that runs towards them they think is robbing them, so they blow the guy away. But uh, this is kind of where you get the uh, a really you get the beginning of the back and forth between Woody Harrelson, his character, and Wesley Snipes' character in this movie. Give me one sec. I'll get to it right here. They're shooting now, so I'll I'll, I'll play the part since I can. Here we go. You're not going to hit him. How come? Because I'm going to hit him. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny, but I do. Now, now Box, you, I mean, you you know, you have some familiarity with cops, you know, have some cops in your family. Uh, did this movie uh, give a pretty accurate portrayal of a, how cops can be in the heat of battle? Oh, dude, cops can be pretty brutal. They're, I mean, they don't want to be aggressive, but obviously they have to be sometimes. But yeah, this is pretty much how most cops are. Really intense, you know, the 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 the, the cops in my family are real intense. They're intense people. They I mean, yeah, I don't know. They just have a weird look and they're really intense about everything. I mean, even like drinking a drink, they just it's a, they just, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, I bet they're extremely observant observant when you guys go out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why it was, I mean, my dad's an ex-cop. It was tough for me to get away with shit as a kid. <laughs> it, not that the, had to be brutal. Oh, not he all, knew all the signs to look for. Everything, man. Everything. He knew every fucking thing to look for, man. And uh, not only was he, you know, that, but, you know, he was not only an ex-cop, but he wasn't the best kid either. Yeah. So in addition to like the whole been there, done that, just being a parent and just living life, he was a cop too. So you <laughs> double jeopardy. Yeah, exactly. So it was tough for me to get away with stuff as a kid. I had to really learn, really learn what to do, when to do it. And, uh, you know, I did everything I could <laughs> to, uh, I did all right. Trust me. I got away with plenty. I got away with plenty as a kid. So. You know, it, it wasn't that bad, but, um, you know, and uh, let's get back here. You know, after this happens, obviously they're in there being chewed out by Robert Blake. Um, you know, obviously, basically they're transit cops is what they are. They're not like detectives or anything. Woody Harrelson and uh, Wesley Snipes, they're, they're, they're transit cops in New York. So they're a step up from mall cops or mall security or uh, remember the bicycle cops from back in the day? Oh, they're still, dude. Go to Florida, all bicycle cops. Every beach you go to, they're all riding bikes in their shorts. <laughs> Do you know how embarrassing it is when a cop is chasing you on a bike with two little fucking blue and red lights chasing you? Come on. Yeah. 
<laughs> at 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 that point, you should be really thinking about your life choices if you're being chased by a cop on a fucking. <laughs> you know, two things that I, I always immediately think of when I think of like the cops in the shorts is a uh, minute work. <laughs> and uh, you talk we talk about cops being like you know aggressive and you know some cops you know take the job serious as you should, but some guys get like overly intense. But uh, you saw Blue Street, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Remember the part where Martin was going off on the one cop? He said, that's why they don't trust you. You can tell they don't trust you because they don't give you no gun. <laughs> he just had the flashlight. You a flashlight cop. Flashlight cop. What you going to do? Something go down. I see you. Blue Streak's <laughs> hilarious, dude. I, 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 oh, I love that movie. That is a good movie, man. I mean, I'm not the biggest Martin Lawrence fan, but definitely some movies that uh, that are worth watching of his. Yeah, Most I, definitely, I, I, man. I, yeah. Martin in the nineties for me, at least I, I love them. Oh, I mean, I've, I've, it's it's weird. I'm like I have nothing bad to say about him. He's just not one of my favorites. He, I, I, I don't dislike him. I think his comedy is just fine. He's not one of those D.L. Hughley every joke is all you know, white people, black people joke. It's it, it, Martin Lawrence has some actual comedy when he goes up there. Went a little uh, batshit crazy for a while. I remember he was running down like the highway in a rubber suit. Was that something like that? Uh yeah, that was yeah. That yeah, I was in ninety yeah. Yeah. Ninety seven, ninety eight, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's um I'm gonna say that's going a little kooky. But uh that's what they say, man, Hollywood can drive you crazy sometimes. According to him, I mean it, basically he I mean he goes on about it in his uh his newer comedy. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's new at this point, but I know there was one point where he talked about it and said, I was just I was really just self-conscious about my weight. I was trying to lose weight fast, <laughs> you know. But that's probably not the way to do it, um, especially not when you're famous in Hollywood and you know some camera crew is going to be following you. Yeah, e- even ni- even in the '90s when it was a uh, pre-internet, well, internet was still around, but pre-social media, pre-TMZ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a little thing about this movie we do need to bring up. Uh, Woody Harrelson in this movie is a big-time gambler. Yes, yes. Yes, and not a good one. <laughs> not a good one. Um, you know, basically it shows him playing poker, trying to uh, get even. And uh, some of the worst parts about uh, these hardcore gambling guys is they always think they just need one more win. Um Believe it or not, my cousins are like this in Boston. They they'll go to the casino, they'll spend fifty grand, win ten, and all they'll tell you about is that they won ten thousand. They won't tell you how much they had to lose to get to that. They'll 10 grand. never mention how much they lost to win ten grand. But you know, because they're always thinking, "Oh man, I, I can go back and make it up. I can make it up. I can make it up." Well, don't forget, everybody. The casino, the house wins. Yeah. Every time. But, uh, you know, I mean, they're literally, uh, obviously Woody Harrelson owes these guys a shitload of money. And they're literally hanging him from, looks like about 25 stories here. That's probably about 25. (laughs) I guess we should backtrack for a minute because there was a scene before this part where uh, he basically asked uh, his brother, uh, Wesley Snipes uh, to borrow money mm-hmm. and, and Wesley already kind of knows the deal like you ain't gonna take this money to gamble are you 
now I'm going to uh, buy you a gift with it. Yeah. So you want to take my money to buy me a gift. And folks, this is actually a true story. This happens in real families. I've been in this type of situations a couple times. You're going to borrow my money to get me a gift. Happens. Hey, listen. If Think about it this way. If you are living with someone, you have a joint bank account, you're basically borrowing each other's money to buy each other gifts. It's the same thing, really. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess that comes into a... I don't know. You know, even people that are married or in relationship, they have the whole separate account thing, which is eh, kind of weird, but I can, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of weird. Yeah, it is. But I mean, you know, it's it, it's weird when you think about the, you know, the joint bank account. Like, I'll go out and buy my girl, you know, my, my girl a gift, and I'm like, basically, she just bought this for herself. <laughs> no. But you know, the only thing, you know, not to sidetrack, but it's what we do on the show. Yeah. You ever notice how, like, when you have a joint bank account, even though it's still, I mean, technically half the money is yours, the minute you go in and take out, you know, X amount of dollars, even if it's, like, not that much, it doesn't affect the overall account, you still got to hear shit about it? Yeah. Luckily, that... That's the only thing I don't like about joint bank accounts. It's like, eh. Well, luckily, that's not me. That's her. (laughs) She'll be the one out there, you know... 93 bucks at the spa. What the fuck did you do at the spa? What, what, you think we got 93 bucks for that shit? What the fuck? <laughs> so, you know, but that's not me. Um, the, the box control shit in this I, household. Dude, I'm... Uh, you can whisper at this point, box, if you need to. No, put it this way. I, I don't. I just... I don't do shit. I don't do shit. I don't. I don't really go out and do shit. You give me a fucking 12-pack of beer, I'm good for a day or two. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's all I need. You buy me a few beers, I'm good for a couple of days. Yeah, you know, a couple of beers, a couple of bowls. That's all I need. Yeah, I'm straight. I'm straight. So, anyway, let's jump back into this movie. They are, like I said, literally hanging him from about 25 stories by his knees. Wesley Snipes comes in, and uh, you know what? I'm so excited about playing parts in this movie. Let's just do it. Fuck it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, the point where Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes says, oh, drop his ass. <laughs> no, no, back up a little with the, uh, the, the discrepancy in pay. Or what he thought he paid versus what he owed. Uh, here, it, it's probably coming up here. Good here, John. You brought the money, right? Three hundred bucks. Hey, motherfucker, owes Mr. Brown fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand? Ah, John, this is no time to be cheap. You know what? Drop him. No, hold it. He's kidding. Oh, the hell I am. No, no, drop the motherfucker. John, these guys don't have a sense of humor. They don't know you're kidding. Look, I am not kidding. I'm tired of this shit. You're the man. No, no. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. All right. Look, what do you say, Mr. Brown? We make a deal. Make a deal, make a deal. Here's the 300 bucks. Give it to you now, and then the rest you get in a couple of days. I'll pay you. I'll pay you. I swear to God. Okay. Okay. Reel him in. Oh, God. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You guys are all right. I was kidding. Well, it's amazing when your life is on the line. You start thanking everybody, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for pulling me back up. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, obviously, he thought, Wesley Snipes thought that he owed 300 
He owes fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. And uh, you know that's obviously the scene with Vincent Pastore and who played Big Pussy in The Sopranos, and he's been in a ton of stuff. That guy. Um, he even did an episode of Blue Bloods. Yes. Not NYPD Blue. Sorry. Blue Bloods, other one. But uh, yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's just. You know, just I love him. Wesley Snipes said, "Oh, drop him, drop him." All right. <laughs> yeah, man, and, and and you know, obviously, you know, all jokes aside, you know, we talked about uh, earlier the house always wins. Mm. You should never get into it with the freaking mob when it comes to money. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's they, they they put interest on top of interest. <laughs> oh yeah. Most, you know, and, and they usually get the people that can only afford to pay the VIG. You owe them for life, dude. You owe them for life. If, un, unless you, you know, because A, they know you're going to fucking come gamble again to try to uh, sell your debt. Because that's what gamblers do. They try to gamble one more time to make a big play, and they either lose big or win. So... You know, and even when they win, they usually let it ride and end up losing it anyway. Again, I have family that does this. Uh, I, I have friends here, actually not friends, but guys that I used to work with that were huge into the sports gambling. They had a bookie here that used to like deliver money. He never trusted anyone. He would just all day. That's what he did: deliver money to people who won. That's all he did. All he did, but um, yeah, he uh, th- they were huge into the sports betting. Man, I've never been into sports betting. I what, but what baffles me? You want to know what really baffles me? The the people who bet on pay per view events for wrestling. Eh, yeah. What? If I, well, I mean, it, 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 it trust me, I, it, it is absurd to. Uh, bet real money on a fake sport but you know I, obviously you know you're dealing with people that are getting uh inside information and i would imagine if vince ever found out who was uh leaking the information he would fire them on the spot well you gotta figure the people that work for wwe that know who's winning and losing are probably making huge bets exactly if i worked for wwe i'd be calling vegas every pay-per-view dude <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually surprised they don't leak out more uh you know fake you know like uh fake information just to try to figure out who's uh leaking shit. I don't know, but I I I would have put any amount of money that Rain I mean I, I bet the Reigns Undertaker match was probably a real real shitty odds. Everybody yeah, I, knew. I, I I don't know. I, I, Cause I think going in like if you were paying attention, I think the smart money would have been on Reigns. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if you had watched any of the way they were booking him, you know, before, but. Uh, Anyway, this isn't a wrestling show, but I, I did want to say the, the the gambling on stuff like wrestling just shocks the shit out of me, dude. Always shocks the shit out of me. I, I, you know, when I pull up the dirt sheets and I see the the betting odds for WrestleMania are this and that, and the the line on Alexa Bliss, I'm like, what? Are you shitting me? Who the fuck are these people? Okay. And I, I hope you're only betting five bucks at a time on wrestling, Jesus. Yeah, but I think you know. I guess to segue into it real quick, not even wrestling, but uh, I don't know, man. What do you think about you know the people that you know once they're down to their last dollar and they're betting jewelry and they're betting 
you know, the deeds to the house and the cars and all that kind of stuff? Uh, you think that's the bottom of the barrel at that point? You're getting there. You're getting to the bottom there. I mean, when you're selling, I mean, I, oh, man. Like I said, dude, my cousins, my cousins are degenerate gamblers. Look, I. I love it. That's, that's a straight up Goodfellas reference right there. It is, man. I mean, listen, I gamble. I do. I, I, I play poker whenever I can. I love to. But that's about all I do. I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not a sports guy, so I don't bet sports. My gambling is spending 20 bucks on a tournament and playing poker as long as I can. That's my gambling. My cousins will bet sports. They will go to the casino. They'll go to Atlantic City. You know, they're all in Boston. They'll go out to Atlantic City. And like I said, dude, they'll spend 50 grand and then, you know, win 10. Never tell you about the 50. But, you know, they've they've done stuff like that. They've stolen money from their mom and dad. And, you know, and this is, by the way, these cousins are the sons of the the famous attorney in Boston. You know, so that's, you know, another little thing there. But so they've got money. Which sometimes having the money to go do it makes it worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, my uncle's in his late 80s and still working. And sometimes we all wonder why. And then, you know, my cousin will call, <laughs> my cousin will call from Vegas. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that's why you're still working. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I've gambled a few times. Nothing too outrageous. I, I haven't lost big. But you know what they say? I guess there is something, too, though. You got to win. In order to win big, you got to play big. Like, if you're going to go to, like, Vegas or uh, you can't go to Vegas or Atlantic City even with 50 bucks and say, oh, 50 bucks, 100 bucks is going to be my threshold and expect to win big. I mean, some people have, like, uh, that dumb luck. They step in shit, like the uh, people that don't really play like that. But for the most part, if you really want to win big, you got to be a high roller. Actually, I'll tell you who has that luck. My mother. My mom goes to the uh, Seminole Casino down in Florida because she she goes to Florida like every two or three weeks. She goes to the little uh, Seminole Casino right there in Pompano Beach. She'll bring 20 bucks, put it in a slot machine. I've gotten calls from her more than once. I'm talking five, six times. I just won five thousand. I won eight thousand. I won fifteen hundred. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, I put a, I put a twenty in a slot. Next thing you know. But she'll literally go just to spend an hour and then leave. Yeah. That's what you know. That's what my mom will do. But and my dad. He'll he's like me. He'll play poker, but you know, no one on my side of the family's real gamblers. But because we've seen what the fuck can happen, you know. But uh, you know, I like I said, I'm I'm always down to play some Texas Hold'em poker. I love playing poker. So I blackjack. Uh, I'm okay at blackjack. The problem is I don't play very conventionally. Sometimes I piss off the people on my. Uh, on my right. <laughs> um, sometimes I piss off the guy on my left. So when I play blackjack, I try to go to a table where it's just me. 
and or me and a couple people I know because I don't play as conventionally as most people do. You know, I mean, you sit beside some of these people and they know when to hit on everything and, you know, this and that. Sometimes I feel lucky and I'll just say, you know, oh, 17 hit me. I feel it. I feel it. And they just hate you. And, oh, and, you I'll, son of a bitch. and I'll bust because the guy's sitting beside me with 11 and that would have been his 10. And, uh, you know, he's ready to punch me and he leaves. You got to be real careful who you're playing blackjack with. Blackjack isn't just something you need to worry about your hand. You really, you're supposed to consider everyone's hand around you, including the dealer. So you're the lucky son of a bitch that walks up to the slot machine that I warmed up and went. No, 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 (laughs) no. I'm the guy that you just warmed up the slot machine. I'll sit down at it and the person after me will win it. (laughs) I I swear I hate that shit. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll think I have the luck. No, it's the person behind me that's got the luck. I you warmed it up for me and I really warmed it up for them. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the way. I I do not have good luck. The only thing I have, you know, decent luck in is poker, and that's because I've played a long time, and I play smart. I play very. Uh, I can sit there for hours and not play a hand if I have to. Now, now let me ask you, Bob. When you play poker, mm-hmm. do you uh, are you one of those people that can pick out tells, or do you have a tell yourself? I don't think I have a tell. I'm not great. At picking tells, what I am very good at, though, is telling what people have in their hand. Or when they're bluffing? I can pick bluffs off a lot, but what I'm really good at is literally calling what what hands you have when we're playing poker. I can literally tell someone, you know, you're sitting there with a pair of fucking sevens, you know, and they'll be like, holy shit, I have sevens. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've, I've always been real good at reading what people have in their hand. Um... Tells professionals do that. I mean, you know, you got a guy like a. There's a guy named Phil Hellmuth who literally was working with like FBI guys, like you know, like behavioral for uh, forensic guys who you know, like Criminal Minds BAU behavioral analysts, people who pick up on body language and things like that. The professionals do use people to do that, but. If you're playing around a bunch of amateurs, you may pick up a tell here and there, but, you know, if you're sitting around drinking beer, playing games, you're not sitting there looking for fucking tells. You know, you're just playing. And most of the time, if you're in a casino, you're going to play a little serious, but most of the time it was me and my buddies. We'd throw 20 bucks in. We'd literally make the bets like 25 cents, 50 cents. You know, nothing big. You you really want to play as long as you can when you're with your friends. You don't want to bust people out and then they're gone. Yeah. You want to sit around, have a good time. But uh, in tournaments, I've always been really good at reading hands and stuff. Wow. So even online, I. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the uh, appeal of an online game is. I really, ooh, I really don't. <laughs> when I was in Florida and I lost my job and was about to move here. I played poker online for a living. Uh, I had a 52-inch big-screen TV that I connected my computer to. I had six tournaments going on the television at one time, 20 bucks a tournament. Nice. And um, I would just play all day. 
Holy shit, did that stress me out. Was it lucrative for you? Um, I did okay, but that was at the time. Um, I had about four grand in an account, and I had it with poker stars. And the government held up all United States payouts from poker stars for about two years. So I got that money late, but I did eventually get it. Um, you know, it, so it it did work out, but it worked out really late. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like after the fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poker stars held uh, me, my money. A couple guys that I was playing with at the time were also on poker stars. Uh, their money got held. They had like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars in there because they were big players. The guys, I, these guys. Uh, you know, they'd have like 20 tournaments going at a time, which I never understood, but they were big time into gambling, dude. They were playing online poker. Um, and then um, they held up all the United States payouts because gambling technically was still illegal in a lot of the states. So it was a tough thing, and basically you had to just ride it out, wait. There was nothing you personally could do. But anyway. We've we've got way off track with that shit. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Back to the movie. I was actually looking through some uh, factoids here because I actually saw uh, Money Train in the movies when it came out. Wow. November 22nd, 1995. And uh, guess what else came out that day, coincidentally? What? Uh, I'm a casino. I'm a, uh, since we're talking about casinos and gambling and whatnot, casino. Wow. Martin Scorsese, De Niro, Pesci, Sharon Stone. Yep. Came out the same day. Actually, last week I was talking about that movie uh, with somebody. What, Casino? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's not Goodfellas to me, but I, I, that's another one of those movies that I can I always have time for. Oh, Casino's right under Goodfellas. Such a well-made movie. And another true story. Oh, yeah. very. I actually, uh, you know, I actually read both books. Hmm. Wise Guy for Goodfellas and... Uh, Casino for this one, mm. and it's actually timely. We might do that uh, maybe next week, since uh, Don Rickles, prominent role in the casino. Oh, that's right. He's he passed away, ninety years old, lived a full life, man. But uh, oh yeah, uh, I, I you know not to get sidetracked again, but that that was a guy. Uh, uh, they don't make him like that no more. I had posted on my page the other day. They don't make him like that no more, man. No, and he was. Still ripping people at you know eighty nine ninety years. The, the uh, excellent, excellent fucking comedian. I mean, oh, I don't know what you can say about Don Rickles. That's just an amazing career and an amazing man. Yes, yeah. Well, we can get into him like at, you know after we knock out Money Train, but uh, yeah, a few Don Rickles memories that I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we uh, they're at the part now where they start working with Detective Santiago, which is yes, Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Man, was she hot in this movie? She was still kind of young and sexy, uh, and she still is. She's just older and sexy now. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Jennifer Lopez, uh, she can still get it. Uh, like I said in this new series, she has her body is still absolutely unbelievable, and she's walking around in you know like little tight. Tight, uh, tight white shirts and everything. So, it's yeah, she knows how to accentuate assets. Yes, she does. And on the ass, at, she look. This is she knows her ass is her best thing, and she does not hold back on it. 
Yes. <laughs> she doesn't care. She doesn't care. And she, she knows what's up. This is another funny part where, uh, you know, you mentioned Janice from The Sopranos. Uh, Wesley Snipes is doing the same thing Woody Harrelson was doing in the beginning, doing the, uh, the sting operation. And, you know, he's drunk. He's playing like he's drunk down there in the um, in the, the subway, yeah. in the subway, and Janice from Sopranos. I forget her name. You can look it up on uh, Adea Totoro. She might be related to that other Totoro, the one that always worked with Spike Lee. Um, he might have been on a NYPD Blue. I know he made a WrestleMania pick with Nicholas Totoro. They might be related. Oh, Nick Totoro was James on NYPD Blue. James Martinez for. Oh fuck! One, two, three, four, probably five seasons. Five seasons. Wow. I'm thinking he was. Well, he was on season one, two, three, four, season four, or season five. He uh, he technically got promoted on that show, but he he's on Blue Bloods right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Nicholas Tatora is on Blue Bloods, but uh, yeah, she's in this part with another girl. And um, Wesley Snipes is doing the old play drunk act, and they are literally. Trying to, they're trying. They're gonna take him home and rape. They're him. gonna take him home and rape him. And obviously, the you know the the thing is to pull the jacket, and they come running. He's pulling the shit out of that jacket. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson, okay. no, 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 no. Woody Harrelson's in the back laughing, but uh, Jennifer Lopez saves it. She comes out like his drunk girlfriend and uh, saves the whole thing because really they would have blown the whole operation. If uh, if it had gone down, but she definitely saved it. That's kind of where Woody looks at her a little bit like, mm, I need to get with that. Yeah. And who could blame him? Yeah. Who? And, th- and this is like a tale of two approaches. Wesley Snipes is kind of like they both both brothers had an interest in her. Obviously, they just had a different approach about going about it. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Wesley's. We'll get to it later, but clearly, Wesley's approach was a. Uh, more successful <laughs> clearly uh, <laughs> clearly it's a little more um now they're also while they're doing all this there's another point to the they're also looking for a guy who is starting fires in the subway by literally knocking on the booth where they get the tickets, spraying gas in there, and setting the booths on fire with the people in it. Um, that part is played by Chris Cooper. Uh, you may... He was in a bunch of stuff, but I bet if you uh, really want to remember him, you'll a little movie called A Time to Kill with Matthew McConaughey and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, uh, he was the cop that Samuel Jackson accidentally shot in that movie, and he's done a ton of stuff. I mean, that's definitely not the only movie he's done, but probably one of the most notable parts is that part. That that's an absolute excellent movie, absolutely excellent movie. He's also in the Born Born Supremacy. Uh, me, uh, you know what? He's in Me Myself as and Irene as the bad cop. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's probably where most mo- that's where most people would remember him from. He's the bad cop in uh, Me, Myself, and Irene. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he is the torch, and that's that's another guy they're after in this movie. Um, remember that because that's actually the part where I'm at, where he uh, knocks on the booth, asks for ticket times. 
or whatever train times and then sticks a tube in, sprays gas, and just lights that son of a bitch on fire. So they're really chasing this guy down. That's another reason they're down there. And he plays a creepy character, this guy. He's all burnt up from doing this. And, you know, it's just a really crazy character. But uh, he's, and, you know, he's robbing these people. Um, You know, but uh, let's see here. Where do we go from there? Now, uh, I think they go to the uh, bar. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, Jennifer Lopez's character in this movie ends up chasing this guy right after he does this first one. Because this is the first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. um, they've been talking about him, but this is the first time we actually see him lighting it. And uh, Jennifer Lopez starts chasing him, and he. He Chris Cooper get, does get the best of Jennifer Lopez in this movie and gets away. Uh, it, it was yeah, yeah 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 you're right because uh, that's kind of what leads into her being pissed off at the bar because uh, he got away and mm-hmm. blame herself yeah 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 what was uh, Snipes even jumps in front of a train in this movie? Uh, and, yeah, you got to yeah oh of course there uh, yeah Snipes. I, that, that exactly dude was I mean what the fuck that's what was he Snipes is there for dude. He he's there to do the action and the fuck, because we I mean he, clearly he had a pussy kind he had a pussy clause in all his contracts. If you notice, like like once he kind of took off, mm. he always had like a contractual sex scene in all his movies for a period of time. Yeah, after the nineties maybe, because I mean I'm thinking back to some of those movies and he didn't have many, but after the nineties, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, um, I'm. I'm so, I'm I'm a little distracted watching Jennifer Lopez play uh, play pinball in the bar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the same thing you are. She's uh, playing pinball and um, gives you an gives you a, an idea of some things. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> makes me feel bubbly, if you will. <laughs> bubbly, that's a good word for it. Bubbly, but uh, yeah, you know, and, and this is where you can kind of see both of the brothers are. Um, sort of interested in her and she's a little more receptive to Wesley Snipes because I mean you know look at Wesley Snipes look at Woody Harrelson I mean come on Wesley just seems he comes up I mean you know what they say man the the best way to attract the woman is to uh, basically act uh, unattainable almost aloof oh I... give them no attention I, I... you could be the ugliest some bitch walking but if you don't give a woman no attention, she's going to do whatever she can to get your attention. I I thought you were going to say the old adage: once you go black, you never go back. But I guess I was going I, totally I wrong. Box. I don't want to be stereotypical. Oh, I want to bring a a different perspective to things here. I, I was totally wrong about that. See, but you know what they say about people who assume things. <laughs> yes, it makes an ass of you and me. Uh, oh fuck! All right. Uh, <laughs> Back to the movie. Um, I think this might be the part that you were playing for me earlier, where they're arguing uh, yeah. right out. Well, I mean, I guess like uh, let's like uh, establish the scene in the bar first. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, this is when they kind of show some interest. Uh, Woody Harrelson gives her a rose and a beer bottle. That sounds like a box man move. <laughs> I would do yeah, that. I mean, by, is, is this your approach in the bar? You know, it's it's a little cheesy, a little hokey, but you know, you, 
could probably get a couple girls with that. The bottles are a little. I mean, if you haven't noticed, I'm sort of a can guy. The bottles are a little expensive for me. I'd pro- I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I would definitely do something like that. <laughs> yeah, hey, if you can, hey, you never know. If you can make them laugh, that's the, you know. Eh, I don't need to make them laugh anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, like, this is like 95. You would have been, what, in your mid-20s, early, you know, late teens, early 20s? No, 20. Uh, 1975 I was born, so I would have been exactly 20 this year. So, yeah, I mean, like, was it, like, was this a, you know, not, was this a boxman move in, uh, 95? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I was too drunk to even think about doing this kind of fucking move. <laughs> Whoa, no way, dude. I couldn't have done anything like this back in that. No, I, um, let me see, back in that time, what would be my way to get, 20 years old. Wow. I don't even remember being 20. <laughs> <laughs> Damn shame. Wow. <laughs> 20. I, I, you know what? I believe at 20 years old, I was still living with my parents at 20. I didn't, yeah, I moved out at 21 because I was, okay, I was okay. never there. I was, I was always staying at friends' houses. I was never at my parents' house. I was, uh, and you know, at twenty, I had a steady girlfriend. At twenty, that's probably why. Yeah, yeah, twenty years old, twenty to twenty-two. I was with the same girl. So yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, wow! I had to really think back. Wow, I've been drinking a lot. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! Look, you know what they say? If you can't remember, that means it was a good time. Dude, there's there. <sighs> You know, everyone, oh, man, we got to hear all these Florida's. I'm like, dude, I can't, I don't remember them until someone brings them up. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, we did that. And we didn't get arrested? How the fuck did we do that? Now, this is going to sound weird, but I've I've actually uh, experienced this. My long-term memory is pretty good, but I don't know. Maybe it's getting older type thing. But have you ever gone through a period where you, a, a single year in your life went by where you feel like you don't remember anything from that year? Yeah, like I like I don't remember what I was doing in '96. Don't ask me nothing about '96 because I don't remember nothing from it. I'll tell you the truth. It was the year I turned 30, 29. Actually, it was year nope 31. It was the year I turned 31. Um, that was the same year I started getting my cluster headaches, and I really don't remember a lot of that year. I've uh, uh, I can't even make a joke about that. No joke about that one. Didn't know what was going on. And I was drinking a lot, not realizing alcohol was like number one trigger for cluster headaches because I didn't know what I had. Um, the only thing I remember about that whole year is the cluster headaches. Oh, other yeah, and I don't remember much of that whole year. Eight months of cluster headaches is all I remember for that whole year. Oh, that's that sucks seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that year is pretty much a blur. I know where I lived, but I and where I worked, you know, I, I remember certain things about it, but but no, like no details or like oh, this happened, that happened. No, if people start telling me some things, I'll be like, oh yeah, that works. But um, yeah, like I mean, I remember, you know, I I lost my job. That I remember, I lost my job. That's why I was playing poker. That's the year because they I was getting these headaches and I literally I was on six months of no sleep, barely any sleep. Like I said, when I have these, they're at night. 
So they wake me up in the middle of the fucking, you know, middle of the night, eight, nine times a night. And um, I, I, I literally was on maybe three hours of sleep, seven months going. And I just, I couldn't even hold a job. Just couldn't do it and didn't know what I had. So literally, if I knew what I had, I could have been like, hey, you guys fucking really can't. You really can't fire me. I mean, I've got a fucking I have I have a disorder here. You know, this is a and it is a brain disorder. There's no denying it. It is a brain disorder. Yeah. So. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Uh, I'm a Golden Girls fan. I love that show. Mm. I mean, and it's kind of funny. Um. They did an episode, you know, not about cluster headaches, but uh, Dorothy, uh, Treat Arthur, she had, uh, she wasn't feeling right, you know, and uh, every doctor she went to told her she was crazy, like, uh, you just need to get some rest. So finally, she found, like, a doctor in New York that diagnosed, I forgot what they actually called it, but she it was a diagnosis. So it sounds like that's what you were going through, where you went to, did you go to different doctors, or was it just your specific doctor that told you you were out of your mind? Uh... She had to go to like a few, in the episode that I'm referring to. She had to go through a go through a few different doctors until she actually found out what was going on. Oh, I went to a bunch of doctors. I started off with uh, a dentist who told me my wisdom teeth were impacted, so that's the reason I'm getting headaches. And I thought, cool, get them fuckers out. So got all four of my wisdom teeth taken out in one day. Had to deal with that. And um, that week, I had no headaches. I think it was from the surgery, just kind of, and the pills I was taking didn't have a headache. So I thought, hey, maybe that worked. A week and a half later, they came right back. Uh, I went to a ton of different doctors. Um, I got an MRI of my head done. Uh, no, I'm sorry, CAT scan. They had to put the dye in me and everything. Uh, they saw nothing, which isn't surprising. Cluster headaches can't be seen. There, There's no, okay, you know, this is the reason you have cluster headaches. This part of the, you know, this lobe is doing this. or No, 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 no. They, cluster headaches can't be seen on an MRI or a CAT scan. So I, I I was just screwed, dude. I just didn't know. No doctor knew what was going on. And I'll be honest, I I didn't get diagnosed until I moved here, and I didn't get really truly diagnosed until three years ago. Wow. Truly diagnosed. And I actually educated my doctor on cluster headaches, who in turn found a class and took it, and diagnosed, finally sent me to a neurologist that specialized in cluster headaches, and that's when I finally got diagnosed. Ah, uh, yeah. I knew what I had, but I had to get diagnosed in order to get oxygen. So I went through every doctor I could and finally got the oxygen. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was hell, dude. It was hell. And like I said, I knew what I had. But not a lot of doctors know about these things, which is very sad to me because this is 
I mean, granted, it's only it's only like one percent of the population that has these. But still, it doesn't matter. One percent, a hundred percent. You know, eh. it's debilitating. It's. I mean, look, I I I lost a job over it, dude. <laughs> Many people have, and you know what? I hate to say this, but I'm lucky that I'm episodic. Mine go away. There's plenty of people out there who are chronic. These do not go away. They have these every day of their life. They try nerve blocks. They try medicine. Nothing works on them. Yeah. And you know what a nerve block is? They cut your nerve. Yeah. And to kind of put it in perspective, folks, these clusters, I you know, never had them. I don't know. Outside of box, I don't know anybody that does have them. But this isn't like a situation where you just pop up an aspirin, an Advil, and uh, take a nap and you wake up fine. Mm-mm. This is a this is a next level migraine. Um, if you Google cluster headaches, the it says literally, and I'm not exaggerating, one hundred times more painful than than the worst migraine. Um, I mean, people look. I've said before the 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 name the 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 nickname for these things is suicide headaches, and you know. I belong to a uh, a group, a support group for these. I actually belong to three support groups on Facebook for these. But almost every month, dude, we we lose someone. Oh, wow. wow. Seriously, serious? dude. 100% serious. 100% serious. All the time, dude. These, these, these headaches are, I mean, literally are, I, I've... There's a reason I lock up my gun when I have these. Matter of fact, my last set, I gave my gun back to my dad. And I gave my fiancé's gun to my dad. I did not want guns in my house. Wow, this, this, this show's taking a turn, folks. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. I, I, I don't think I would ever do it. But when you're in the middle of those things, I've broken shower tiles. I've put my head through windows. I've punched through windows. I've punched mirrors. Uh, There is shower tile in my bathroom right now that is not... Literally, if I touch it, it will fall down because I've punched my tiles. I mean, you don't know what you're doing. And it's a... It's the trigeminal nerve that it runs through, and I, I I know no one can see this, but the trigeminal nerve runs through your whole side of your face. It runs through your ears, your nose, your eyes, above your ocular nerves. Your the the, the trigeminal nerve is basically your whole face and your head, and that is what cluster headaches affect. So literally, your nose feels like someone has a poker in it. Your ear, your eye, your jaw, your everything is just absolutely in pain. And you know, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You're literally in another world. I mean, this isn't this isn't comparable to what you're talking about. But you know, the the pain you're talking about, like it's in your face, in your throat, in your nose. Is it uh? I don't know. I don't want to say similar, but is it along the same lines of a uh, strep throat? Some of the symptoms. 
or just worse? You say worse? Worse. I, when I say, man. Because I've had strep throat before. That's why I'm trying to ask, you know, trying to see, like, uh, put it in perspective to, like, people that may have had, like, not what you had, but maybe something a low-grade level, possibly. Yeah. Um, worse. Way worse, dude. I, I wow. It's, oh, man, this is hard to talk about. <laughs> We can get back to uh, <clears throat> We'll get back to yeah, this. It's, just, it's fascinating to me right now. We I know. Well, well, well truthfully, I really want to do a whole cluster headache show. I really do. Um, and, I, I, and, I, and I will because there is not one podcast out there for cluster headaches by a cluster headache sufferer. There's not one. And um, I really want to do one because, hey, <laughs> I have the ability. Hey. This show can is a forum. Yeah, yeah, and I so I, I definitely do want to do one, but um, uh, hey, g- give me one. Can we take a quick break here? No problem. Let me take a quick break. I, I need to do something real quick, and we'll be right back, people. I'm sorry, but real quick break here. All right. See you in five. Folks. All right, thanks. Okay, sorry about that, everybody. I got. Uh, <laughs> I got tornado sirens going off here at my house. Just wanted to make sure everything was okay. They, uh, they're loud, those tornado sirens. They shake the goddamn windows. So just wanted to go easy, make sure we were okay. Um, man, we were talking about cluster headaches, weren't we? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to post a little picture here in the chat room for you. To give you an idea, I mean, everyone's, oh, the pain is this, the pain is that, but uh, there's a little picture right there you can pull up, and to give you an idea, a little idea of what the pain is, and I mean, you were talking about strep and all that stuff, and um, it's so much worse, dude. It's so much worse. It's hard to explain, but I mean, people have said it is the most painful, most painful disease a human being could have yes and uh, uh, i mean i would imagine like uh you said you're in uh support groups for this uh ailment i would imagine like that uh, would you say the suicide rate is high amongst uh cluster uh, hex oh like i said a the name is the, the 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 nickname is suicide headaches and yeah people have uh people just the the, the rate is very high yeah, and and and, and we should we should uh, be clear that it's not that these people are unstable or have other things going on, but the pain is that severe that they feel like it's no other way to uh, go. You know, it's not that I hate to say the pain is part of it. The what comes with this also, like I said, they come at night, so you're a you're in pain, so that's that's the a b you're exhausted. C, you start getting depression from being exhausted. So the exhaustion brings on depression, which in turn just kind of brings on, I mean, it's tough, man. Especially if you've got someone who either doesn't understand or, you know, um, you know, I mean, I'm lucky. My family knows what's going on. They've been with me. They've done the research with me, you know, e- even my eight-year-old, I've shown him what's going on because I never wanted to have one of these in front of my kid, but 
I'd be picking him up from school, and on the way home from school, I'd be banging the steering wheel trying to, you know, drive home. I'm in so much pain. Wow. So I had to eventually tell my eight-year-old, you know, I was seven at the time, I had to tell him what was going on, show him what I was going through. But, um, you know, luckily I've got my family here. They support me. They understand what's going on. But some people just don't have the fucking, you know, don't understand. And, oh, I get migraines. I know what you're talking about. The worst part is when people try to one-up the pain. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that's, yeah. You, know. you know, you'll sit there to someone who doesn't know these things and you'll go, oh, man, I've, I've had cluster headaches for the last three months. And they're like, oh, I get migraines. I completely know what you're talking about. You literally want to look at them and cut their fucking head off. Yeah. You're like, no, you don't know shit. You know, I beg for migraine headaches. I could take an Excedrin migraine for a, a headache. Yeah. But nothing, you know, luckily, you know, and uh, there's no pill to get rid of these things. Luckily, the uh, Verapamil, which is a blood pressure medication, works on me. So, okay. Do what? Oh, all right. I guess the tornado sirens are a malfunction, so. Oh, good, good. Yeah. We're glad to hear. Yeah, it's my, my fiance just said one of uh. One of the uh, one of our ex cop friends called uh, called and told us it was a malfunction. <clears throat> Good, we're not, we're not going to lose power, and my house isn't going to blow away, and I'm not going to Kansas. Yoo-hoo! So because that would suck. Yeah. All right. Let's um. Let's get away from this cluster headache. My head's starting to hurt. Really talking about this. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not even sure how we got on these cluster headaches. Yeah, I, I don't know. We transit. We, I, the last thing we were talking about was uh, the gambling problem, and somehow Woody Harrelson's gambling problem in this movie transitioned into cluster headaches. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that happened, but it did. And uh, yeah, no big deal. All right, let's get back into the movie. We were just after the bar scene, and. Um, that is the part. I believe this is the, this is the little argument they're having that Anthony was playing for me earlier. Yes, this is actually. It, it really kind of like goes into uh, you. Really, this is the first time in the movie where you really get a clear understanding of their dynamic and that sibling rivalry and how, like I said, uh, Woody Harrison always felt like he was always in the shadow, like a big brother type of situation where he could never measure up to Wesley. Yeah. That's good. And I, I don't, this is kind of like, you know, you know, the kind of like, you know, as Box takes a sip of his beer. <laughs> I mean, I, we've all had those moments of drunken honesty. <laughs> you know, you've been out drinking, partying, you're having a good time, but there's always that point at the end of the night where you got to go home. Yeah. And that's where, like, a lot of honesty comes out. That's why they call alcohol the true serum. Yeah, exactly. My camera's locking shit up here, so. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. And, you know, some people say you really get the true person when they're drunk. So, Mel Gibson really does hate Jews. <laughs> right? You know, right? All right. Uh, anyway. Of, you know what blew my mind? What? I mean, you know what blew my mind? I, you brought up Mel Gibson, right? Uh-huh. Now, you know he's Australian. Mm-hmm. Now, like, you know, obviously we know him from, like, the Lethal Weapon series, you know, that that's that's his breakthrough role. 
Like I, I forgot what I was watching. And this is like going back because like, you know I think he was in a Macbeth or he was in a Shakespeare Shakespeare movie back in the day. I want to say it was Macbeth, hmm. but I could be completely off. Mm-hmm. But have you ever actually heard heard him talk with an Australian accent? Have you not seen the uh, Mad Max? Uh, I saw Beyond Thunderdome. He's got his accent in those movies. For some reason, I, I didn't pay attention to it until the other day. That just blew my fucking. Oh yeah, mind. Road uh, the movie Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah. It's like I was. I, I actually paid attention to how he was talking. I'm like, the fuck. And then I remember, yeah, he is so strange. Yeah, Road Warrior. He's got his real accent in that movie. Yeah, yeah. That that, that just blew my mind. Like the watching, like seriously, to watch him side by side in like a Road Warrior or a Mad Max and Lethal What. It's like mind boggling to me now. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I love that trilogy: Mad Max, uh, Road Warrior, Mad Max, and Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, Tina Turner. Oh, Beyond Thunderdome is one we got to do, dude. That's a great one. No argument from me. No, that's a great one. I, 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 yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you and get sidetracked. No, no, but no. That just blew my mind. I had to bring that up. I know it is weird. You know, how, it's weird how a lot, dude. A lot of these, you know, even the British actors can completely cover their accents. Yeah. And you know, do, do these complete? But it's weird. They can completely cover it, but. When an American tries to like do a movie and that you can always kind of catch it, like oh, that's not their real accent. But I mean, dude, how, uh, I remember back in the '80s when I was a kid, and you know, Phil Collins, I would hear him. You know, I loved his music. He would do all the songs. I heard him talk one day, and he has a British accent. I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> you sounded just like I, you know, <laughs> going over the Mel Gibson thing. Yeah, huh? How does, how does that happen? Then I realize a lot of these fucking singers are, you know, British bands, and they just don't sing with a British accent. Never realized it. Anyway, let's get back to this scene. I'm going to go ahead and play it. So, Oh, yeah, there we go. Tornado sirens just shut off. I can hear those things with the headphones on, if that tells you anything. So, all right, here we go. Oh, shit, what happened? Oh, here we go. Call of your insensitivity, like, like pissing on that nice car. You know what? You just always got to be the coolest. You always got to be the smartest. You always got to be the most on top hey, of on, it. Man, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. No, you ain't just kidding. You're always that way. You got to be the guy who gets the girl. You know what it was? Because Monty gave you everything, then you always expect whoa, everything. Whoa, 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 what? Monty, Monty gave me everything. Monty treated us the same. No, 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 no. God rest her soul, she treated me great. She took me in. She fed me. She loved me. But she loved you better. Yo, Charlie, Charlie, look. We got the same thing, all right? It's called sharing, right? I wear your coat. You wear my shoes. I use your toothbrush. I wear your shoes. I'm always in your shoes. I'm always in your footsteps. I'm always Hook's little brother. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we talking about shoes or are we talking about grace? We're talking about the fact that my ceiling is always your floor. Well, move out the motherfucking building, then. I happen to like the motherfucking building. Then what's your complaint? My complaint is that you're always first, and I'm always one step behind, and you perpetuate that. What? Yeah. Oh, wait, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, so now, now it's my fault, right? Yeah, you partially. You blame that on me. Yeah. Charlie, you have plenty of opportunity, but you know what happens? You always fuck it up. Well, now, that illustrates my point. You're calling me a fuck-up. Man, I did not call you a fuck-up. I said that you fuck-up. There's a difference. So you call me a fuck-up, so I keep fucking up. Uh, it's, you, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Are you prophecy. listening to me? Yeah, whatever. Are you listening to me? What the fuck is wrong with you? 
I don't need this shit. No, no, no. Hey, you call me a fuck. Hey, man, man what, what, what are you going to do about it, huh? Yo, huh? over here, you over there ain't nothing between us but the motherfucking end. I don't Yo. care. Make a move, Yo. man. Give me your you wallet, rings, me? and watches. You test me, man. Yo, motherfucker. Your wallet's first and rings and watches. Give it up, man. Yo, give up your shit. Is you deaf? Hey, come on. Oh, we may as well play this part, too. Let's just let people know what's going on. They're in the middle of arguing, and they're about to get robbed. Little do these guys know who they're robbing. Let's just fuck it. I'm going to play it. Motherfucker. Yeah, I'm talking to your Casper ass. Give yeah. it up. Hey, man. You heard the man. Shit. <laughs> now they all got guns. Okay, now look at the shit you done got to say. What, you gonna blame this shit on me too? Oh, this is definitely your fault. Oh, it's my fault? Who is watching the street? I got to my go out back like this. to the street. Charlie, I'm so Stop sick trying to of your pin shit. everything on me, Because this one definitely is your fault. You I don't care who caused this shit. Just give it up. Me fuck up. I didn't call you fuck a fuck you, up. I can tell you. What do you mean, fuck me? Fuck you. No, fuck you. Fuck you. What the fuck you talking about? Fuck you. I'm busting cap in your ass right like now. All right, wait. We, gotta, we, we still got to tell you what's going on. They've got two guns pointed at them by to the two guys who were trying to rob them. Right after this... They're starting to argue with each other, and they, the two, uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody, they point the guns at themselves. They're pointing the guns at each other instead of at the two people robbing them. And basically, uh, fuck I'm, I'm robbing your motherfucking ass. Give up your shit. Yo, I'll tell you what. I'll get the shoes. I'm sorry. They have three guns pointed at them. I've never seen that third gun. And I should add, folks, don't try this at home. <laughs> Because in real life, the criminals will shoot your ass. Uh, yeah, give it up. <laughs> Just give it. I mean, unless you're me. All jokes aside, you know, don't resist. Don't don't, don't try to use that uh, Jedi mantra. It won't work. No, I mean, unless you know you're carrying, then do what you got to do. But. Yeah. Anyway, let's just, let's just play the rest of the part. Don't worry about it. Okay, Yo, here. Shoot, oh, right? Hello. No, I got him. I'll shoot you and your good eye, man. I feel you take the so full of holes. You look like chocolate Swiss cheese, man. What the fuck is wrong with y'all, man? Cap in your ass when you took my Garth Brooks record. That's crazy. What about when you took my ice cream record? Ice cube. Ice cube. Ice cube. Ice pick. I'm white. How should I know? Sick. Come on, man. Let's get Words. What happened when you took my ice cream record? Ice Jesus, box. That's, that level of ra racist savagery is worse than you. <laughs> what racist savagery do I have? <laughs> uh, no, it's jokes, but man, that, that was that was funny. <laughs> oh fuck! The chemistry of Woody Harrelson and uh. With, Wesley Snipes. I can't believe they only did like what four movies together, man. I I hope they do sometime in the future. They do one more together, at least one more. Yeah, they should. They definitely should. Uh, oh, there you go. There's Enrico right there, calling Tony. Uh, yeah, yeah. They they really should. Now, they are. After that scene, they are protecting the money train. They're actually on the money train at this point. Um, and you can see Woody is sort of, uh, casing the train. Yeah. Literally if, looking. Yeah, because if you remember, after that meeting earlier with Patterson, Wesley Snipes kind of put the idea in his head that if he wasn't a cop, he would take the train for all it was worth. And we forgot to mention, there was a, when they were getting chewed out, we need to go back a little bit. When they were getting chewed out, 
in the uh, in in the boss's office, they there's a little toy money train in there that happened to be missing after they left. We do need to bring that up because that does play a little a little part later. You know, so did want to bring that part up. That train was stolen and it was stolen by Woody and Wesley Snipes in this movie. But, uh, you know, the, the, Woody Harrelson is casing the money train. He's looking where it stops, where it does this. Um, they actually get into another argument with the the transit, with the other transit cops on this train. And uh, they do the old, you know, you're not going to hit him. Why not? Because I am. But we get to see Jennifer Lopez throwing some punches in this movie, too. And she's sexy while doing it. Yes. Now, let me ask you, was that scene... Her throwing the punches in here. Was it sexier here or not? What's that movie she did? Enough. Remember that one? No, never seen it. See that movie. Never seen it. But I saw it on her list. Um, yeah, which in turn gets them back being chewed out by uh, Patterson, right? Yeah. yeah, they're they're the the runner of the money train. I'm not even sure if he's a cop. No, I don't. I don't I, he, he's like, the, you know, I want to say like his role. He, I don't think he's a cop. He was a cop per se, but they wanted to go for that stereotypical, you know, all pissed off balls. Yeah, and I, I believe like seeing every one of these cop type. Movies. Yeah, I think he runs the transit authority, the, the 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 New York Transit Authority in this movie, which basically makes him the you know he like runs the whole subway. <clears throat> so, you know, and they're getting chewed out by him. Again, and uh, you know what? This is where they steal the toy money train. That was the part where they stole it right there. And, uh, you know, this is where they start talking about it. The reason this movie is called The Money Train, they start talking about actually robbing the money train. I mean, they're going in the park. They're finding ways down. They, they're really talking about robbing this money train in order to, obviously, in order to pay these bookies back. Uh, we end up at another bar scene. These guys are drinking again. And um, this is the scene where, again, both brothers are kind of trying to get on uh, get on Jennifer Lopez. And uh, Wesley Snipes goes out there and impresses her by dancing with her. It's a little salsa dancing. Yeah. And uh, Woody Harrelson sees it, kind of gets a little upset, of course. But, you know, they don't. <clears throat> Nothing really happens, but uh, they were just dancing. But you could tell right there she sort of had a little, a little, little, little liking for him at that point. The chemistry was undeniable. There you go. The sexual chemistry, you could cut it with a knife. A knife, damn it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, after, uh, after that scene, it kind of just cuts over to the next morning. Where, uh, you know, they're just kind of, uh, wake, <clears throat> Woody Harrelson goes in and wakes up Wesley Snipes, they're bullshitting around. This is another good part, because Wesley Snipes goes to the gym and he starts boxing Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Another. This was actually in a trailer, I know what scene you're talking mm. about. Mm. Another great scene, though, she looks really hot in this part, too. <laughs> hey, I'm there aren't too many scenes or any movies that a Jennifer Lopez doesn't look good in. <laughs> very, yeah, very true, very true. But 
you know, this is all kind of getting to, you know, they're 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 still sort of talking about the money train thing, Woody and uh, Wesley in this movie. Talking about it, Wesley Snipes kind of sort of thinks he's joking about it, not really thinking about doing it. So, you know, they're he kind of blows it off when he's when he's talking about it a little bit, but um <clears throat> you know, Wesley Snipes does end up giving somehow Wesley Snipes does get the money, ends up giving Woody Harrelson the fifteen grand to pay. And I believe Woody Harrelson gets robbed on the subway. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Was it the subway, or was he leaving like a bar or something? No, no, no. The old lady bumps into him. Oh yeah, you're right. Because he was walking down the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was he was standing on a uh, subway train. Old lady bumps into him, takes the money, and now he is in yeah, serious yeah, yeah. trouble. And then it kind of leads to their falling out for a little while. Right, right. Uh, also, after this, we do get the. Like Anthony said, Wesley Snipes has to have a sex scene with Jennifer Lopez. We get it here, and while Wesley Snipes is banging J-Lo, Woody Harrelson's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, and it... it... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, you know, no joke, I mean, like I said, I have a weird long-term memory where I can just remember the most random shit. Like I told you earlier, I mentioned earlier that I saw this in a movie. I swear to God, <laughs> like you had people like in them theater, like when uh, J uh, Lo and uh, Wesley had that little scene, they were applauding. <laughs> they were literally applauding, <laughs> and like they switched over when they would do like the inner spurt when they would bounce back from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. You got one, you got a sex scene, you got somebody getting their ass full. You would actually hear a couple of cackles, a couple of laughters. Like, <laughs> looks like you got the short end of that deal, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, matter of oh, God. not only did he get the sh- that was just a funny moment. Well, if getting the short end didn't hurt bad enough, uh, he actually Woody Harrelson actually walks past the apartment and sees him in bed with her. They're not doing any, you know. They're they're past doing anything, but you know he you puts two and two together. You can tell, kind of crushed his soul a little bit, you know. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I don't know, but at that point, she, do you think that, like, in the back of his mind, you know, like she kind of already knew based on that little inner, that little argument they had earlier about, you know, you always had it better than me, Baba. You think in the back of his mind, he already knew that she was gonna pick him? Probably. And you know, it, there's a little scene here where you know Woody Harrelson is peeking in while they're laying in bed together. Like I said, they're not they're they're past doing the deed, but. uh sleeping basically Wesley Snipes does kind of wake up and look and see Woody looking in they kind of lock eyes for a second and Woody Harrelson just walks out uh you know oh no you slept with the girl that I'd never had a chance of sleeping with myself yeah and you know Wesley Snipes walks out after him Uh, you know what like I said I'm glad we can play scenes we can go ahead and just uh, they have a little talk we can play the talk why the hell not right why not why not Give me a chance to pack a bowl. <laughs> oh, man, come on. At least at least let me explain, man. What? There is nothing to explain. You think you guys are fooling me? I knew what was going on the whole time. Oh, come on, man. You're lying. Hey, if I'm lying, I'm flying. I'm happy for you guys. I mean, I really am. Why wouldn't I be? We're brothers, right? Brothers. 
Well, at least did you pay Mr. Brown? No, actually, I lost the money. Well, what else is new, right? Kind of goes back to uh, where he calls him a fuck up. He fucked up yeah. again. Um, but that's also a critical point in the movie because you realize, well, there's only one way he can get the money now. So you know what he's going to do. Um, again, we also have to remember kind of a, you know, re recap in this movie. They are going after the torch, the guy that is torching uh, the subway booths. And Jennifer Lopez now is undercover as one of these subway tellers. I guess that's what you would call them, ticket tellers. I don't know what to call them. I'm, 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 I've only been in New York twice. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, ticket tellers. <laughs> ticket tellers. Tellers. But I don't know. Tell I mean, we have them here in Philly, too. Is that, yeah, ticket takers. They take your tokens and your passes and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, I've never really lived anywhere with a subway system, so. I mean, I lived in Boston, but does Boston have a subway? I don't even know. Yeah, like most like metropolitan major cities have them. Yeah, I moved from Boston when I was six, but uh, so. Anyway, um, she's undercover. And uh, Wesley and Woody are, you know, kind of watching her through the the, uh, the glass in the back. Um, Wesley notices <clears throat> Woody's been drinking a little bit while uh, when coming to work. Not good for a cop at all. Never good to drink on the job. But, um, you know, he does notice that. And that's not a huge part. I probably didn't even need to mention it, but I did. Uh, but, you know, they're working undercover. And the torch actually does end up going to her booth. They kind of made it so he was forced to go to that booth. They kind of shut all the other ones and forced him to go to the booth. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, he does go. Something spooks him, though. And he turns away. Never, They never really show what spooked him. Yeah, that, yeah, that that was always kind of weird to me. That's one of those uh, unanswered questions from the, that I that I, to this day that I always had about this movie. Yeah, and I, I I'm not sure if you know maybe the people around he he did feel like he was being stared at. Maybe that's kind. Of, I mean, they, they, they kind of show in the movie that he felt like he was being stared at, and you know there were people watching him. And let's face it, if you would a sexy ass girl like J Lo be working in a fucking booth like that, no, maybe that tipped him off. Oh, come on, box, you don't think that was realistic? <laughs> <laughs> I'd bet you dollars to donuts every one of those ticket takers is over sixty and has less teeth than than a redneck. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. You see pretty hot waitresses every now and then at uh, the most obscure of places. Oh, waitresses, so are, dude, waitresses make decent money, though, so I, I understand that. But uh, this guy kind of gets, uh, the torch sort of gets rid of his M.O., which is uh, torching places, and instead pushes someone right in front of the train. Oh, that was brutal. <laughs> Luckily, you didn't see it, but, you know, I mean, all you saw was the guy go in front, but, um, yeah. Pretty goddamn brutal what he did. Um, and, uh, you know, he does that, obviously just forced to do something. 
But he does go back once he believes that uh, it was sort of a distraction to get all the cops away from him. But uh, he does go back to J-Lo's booth, ends up putting the gas in there. Um, Woody Harrelson is the only one there. And obviously, like they said, he had been drinking. So, But, um, you know, they uh, they end up in a little gunfight with this guy. He doesn't have a gun, but eh, who cares? Woody Harrelson is popping shots like a fucking gangster. He's a bad shot in this movie. By the way. Most most people most people <laughs> that don't have experience with guns in real life, you can always tell when they do the whole pointed to the side <laughs> side deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know that probably pisses you off. When you, <laughs> you know how like I'm pretty sure like cops don't watch these type of movies or cop shows. They look at it and go roll their eyes. Do you roll your eyes when you see somebody in a movie or like and just that that's never handled a gun before? You can just tell. You kind of go off and I'm like, oh, that's kind of a good I don't really roll my eyes, but you can really tell. Um, believe it or not, you can tell the way someone picks up a gun if they've ever held a real gun. Um, oh, wow. It's that deep, huh? It's that deep. Someone, uh, bl- When you pick up a gun and you know what you're doing, you never put... Someone who doesn't know what they're doing will literally pick up a gun with, with, with kind of two fingers and put one finger in in the trigger guard. Instead of picking it up by the butt. Instead of picking it up by either the butt or indexing your finger. Indexing your finger is putting your trigger outside. Or put, I'm sorry, putting your finger outside of the trigger guard, like uh-huh. basically on the slide of the gun. That's called indexing your finger. You can always tell someone who doesn't know they'll they'll really they'll pick it up with their hand inside the finger inside the trigger guard, or just very sloppily. So. You know, it, it's little things like that, but I don't really roll my eyes. I just kind of go, oh, never really handed a gun before, have you? But, uh, you know, it's it's not as far as I'm sure cops don't watch cop shows and stuff like that. Some do. I know some of them do. But, yeah, you, you, you can tell someone who's held a gun in real life or had some training. I mean, you know, snipes has definitely held a gun in real life. You can tell that. Woody probably has, too. But uh, he's just a bad shot in this movie. But remember, he was uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Texas boy, Woody. In real life, he was born in Midland, Texas, about five hours from, from here. Yeah. So I got a feeling he's a... Uh, he's a co- yeah, he's had... Yeah, he, yeah. He's probably shot one or two he's guys. He's an amateur. <laughs> no, Midland is a uh, pretty small town pretty small town so uh you know but uh the torch that they're after the torch torch actually ends up setting himself on fire in in uh in in the next scene here uh wesley snipes is down there with them and um sets himself on fire and gets run over by a train so i think the torch is pretty much gone at this point you would hope I mean, after being set on fire and hit by a train, I'm going to guess you're dead. Yeah. I'm guessing here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, real quick, I actually want to say that uh, it's really not a good idea to be drunk in a subway in general. Because we actually had a, a little situation here in Philly um, a couple weeks ago where a guy was drunk off his ass, fell into the uh, train tracks. Uh, luckily, what, nothing wasn't coming, and a couple of uh, college kids had kind of helped uh, 
got him out of there ASAP. And literally, literally, I can't make this shit up. About five seconds, five to ten seconds after they got him out of the uh, train track, a train just blew by. Well, let's be 100% honest here. In in this day and age of 2017, the technology age, the guy should be happy someone helped him instead of sitting there recording it and waiting for the train to come. Yeah. Because I'm sure 90% of the people had their fucking cameras out and, you know, a, a couple of people who were, you know, good Samaritans did what they had to do. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, like, uh, and like he, you know, once he sobered up, he thanked the guys. And so he wasn't a dick about it, but I was just like, wow. I was more shocked. I mean, it's, it's fucked up to say, but I was actually more shocked that somebody, like you said, helped him as opposed to not just taping it. Like, look at this idiot. Well, you know, at the beginning of the year, I said two things. 2017 needs to be the year to lighten up and fucking help and not record. Put the year year of putting the fucking phones down. <laughs> How about the year of not trying to make the most viral video? That's real. I mean, come on. It, it it's getting pretty bad when when people don't even want to help. They just want to record so their video can go viral. Um, but uh, anyway, back to the movie before we completely go off off the rails here. We're almost, we're actually almost done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah not, not much more meat to it. I mean, it kind of goes through some other scenes, but we don't need to go through all of these. Um, the uh, Patterson obviously has a problem with this because this happened in his subway. And uh, you know, he's sitting there, he's screaming and yelling. Do they get fired here? Uh... Woody does, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gets fired because he, he they they can tell he's going off the rails, and they as we'll get to later. I think uh, Patterson kind of got the sense that yeah, he knew both of them was in on it, but he kind of suspected Woody more than uh, Wesley. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so he because uh, he like he knew Woody was like the loose cannon. Yeah, so he does fire Woody. Woody goes to a bar, and of course, what what do you think happened? He gets drunk. Uh, the mob guys he owes shows up and beat the shit out of him again. And um, they've kind of, I believe they have him held. I I, I got to be honest. I, I thought I had this movie and I was going to watch it earlier and I didn't have it. So I had to kind of, I'm kind of going on the fly here, but I've seen this movie a thousand times. They end up <laughs> basically grabbing Woody and uh, keeping him at their place. This is where Wesley Snipes goes in, and we get the Wesley Snipes we love. Walks into a strip bar and starts kicking ass. Uh, This is why I like Wesley Snipes. Number one, Wesley Snipes is very good at the action movies. Number two, Wesley Snipes is an actual Taekwondo black belt. That's very true. Yes, so, you know, when when you see Wesley Snipes doing the moves he does... It's not bullshit. He knows the moves he's doing. How to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Snipes could fuck you up in real life. Matter of fact, I know there was a time where Wesley Snipes wanted to fight Joe Rogan. That would have... I, I would have paid good money to see that. Dude, I would have paid any... I would pay to see it now. I would pay to see this now. Um... Anyway, let's, uh, you know, Wesley Snipes goes to talk to one of the, uh, the, the kind of the mobster that's, um, uh, 
kind of fucking with Woody here because you know as 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 much as they're on the outs, it's still his brother. Still brother. So let's. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play this. Yo, Mr. Brown, you got a disgruntled employee back there. Kick his fucking... Look, what I told you he was going to get the money, right? Hey, bitch, man. Yeah. Hey, come on. Hey, who the, the hell, hell you on me, man? In here like that? Uh, uh, Stop looking uh, around. Uh, I want you uh, dead. Uh, Bring him over here. I'll kill him my fucking self. You got big balls? I'll cut him off for you. Now, I know this is a kind of visual part, but I just like the fact that the guy is calling all those guys a bunch of pussies in the background. <laughs> all right, now we can get to the actual talking part. I just wanted to mention No, 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 not, not the irony. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Bitch, what's the Bitch, we I thought they were talking. I lied. I'm not talking yet. This is the part where he's still kicking ass. All right. He's uh, he's on the boss now. Stupid. I told you, you'll get your money, and you will. Anything happens to my brother. You understand me? Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, there is a definite reason why uh, Wilsey Snipes' moves look the way they do. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Um, Yeah, dude, I would pay good money to see him and Rogan. Rogan talks about it on his show all the time. He doesn't even know where it came from because he's never said a bad word about Wesley Snipes. He likes Wesley Snipes. Wesley doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't like Joe. Rogan. Maybe Wesley doesn't like. Yeah, maybe he doesn't like Joe Rogan. I, I, I'd, I'd be willing to bet Wesley Snipes is a UFC fan, and maybe he doesn't like his commentating. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like Rogan's commentating. But uh, after that part, he's, uh, you know, uh, Wesley goes back to the bar they all hang out at, and he gets a gift, and the gift is the money train. He knows exactly what's happening now. Woody Harrelson has actually done it. He is willing and ready to rob the money train. Um, and he he starts it. He's under the train, cutting, you know, got the cutting torch, cutting off the bolts to the vent. And uh, he takes, the, he, he does it. He takes the train. Uh, Wesley Snipes is riding a motorcycle down <laughs> to catch him. Wesley must have another clause that he gets to ride a motorcycle in a lot of his movies too. No, no, no. What did they, uh, yeah, I call it the bad motherfucker clause. Well, <laughs> let's put it this way. Wesley Snipes was once caught in Florida riding his motorcycle 120 miles an hour while throwing a pound of weed off the back of it. <laughs> bad, like I said, bad motherfucker. So this isn't much of a fucking stretch for him. He's, uh, you know, I believe he's, it looks like he's actually riding this motorcycle. But, uh, you know, he's chasing down Woody, trying to get him to stop doing what he's doing. You know, don't do this. But 
what really happens is they end up in it together. You know, we've this movie. They could change the name of this movie to Money Train Brothers. You know, because really this movie does turn out to be about, you know, brothers and the fact that, you know, no matter what happens, they're still brothers. Yep, we ride together, we die together. There you go. There you go. Now, this is a big score if he were to take all this money, by the way. There's like millions on this fucking... This is one of the big money runs they do. And uh, Wesley Snipes finally catches him, gets on the train with him. Now, a few things do happen. We... Anthony did make a point earlier in saying how this uh, Patterson guy was a real power, power hungry type guy, kind of the the asshole boss. He is literally willing to kill anybody and anyone in order to stop this train. Um, literally, I mean, even the uh, there's another subway train in front of these guys that he's willing to stop, but uh, they end up just flooring this thing, uh, and popping all the things that are supposed to stop him. Uh, you know, he he had things implemented to stop the train if it ever did, you know, get robbed. But I don't think he ever expected anyone to floor it, obviously. So, you know, they're going through this, and there's construction. But, I mean, they, they do everything they can to, uh, A, stay alive, and, B, not get caught with this money. Um... Jesus Christ. Ugh. What do you got, Anthony? I say, well, well, you pretty much summed it up, man. But let me ask you this, as far as this movie goes. Uh, if, if you had to pick one between, like, the movies they've been in, they, they've only been, like, in three or four, would you say this is the best one they've done? In terms of, like, the, the uh, back and forth uh, chemistry? Hmm. Would you say so? I, uh, I, I, I'm conflicted because I, I like this movie, but it's hard for me to put anything above White Man. Can't yeah, Jump. I really think White Man Can't Jump is better. Their chemistry in that movie is great. They're together in that movie more than they're apart. Uh, this movie, they sort of focus a little bit on their their separate lives, and I know they do in White Man Can't Jump. You know, he Woody Harrelson has his relationship with uh, you know uh, Rosie Perez, and you know Wesley has his with his wife, but. They come together a little more in that movie, and yeah. uh, you know, but uh, they're all as a matter as a matter of fact. Come to think of it, they're more equals if you notice. Mm -hmm. And a white man can't jump. Oh yeah, I mean they're both hustlers trying to make a buck. Yeah, they're more they're more equal. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't this whole brotherly rivalry in that movie. It was just more two guys trying to live their own lives. Um. But uh, yeah, Woody Harrelson wasn't a sad sack in White Man Can't Jump. Yeah. Well, he was in certain respects, but in terms of his relationship with Wesley, they were more equals. Mm -hmm. And by the way, in just watching this movie, I've seen about three more people that have been in NYPD Blue that I didn't even mention. Well, shit. Right on nah, I'm not going to get their names and everything. I'm not going through all that, but I've literally seen a bunch more people while I'm watching this. I really only went through like the first... The, the I, I went through the first page. I didn't go through the full credits. And I got three just off the first page. So, uh. Well, shit, real quick. Uh, what's the update? Did you finish NYPD Blue? Oh, yes. Matter of fact, I finished NYPD Blue and finally got to watch that, uh, lawyer show with, uh, Mark Paul Gessler, the, uh, Raising the Bar. Yeah, that was on, yeah, that was on, uh, TNT, I believe, for 
couple, two or three uh, years. It started off as an ABC show, and then, yes, it did go over to TNT. But um, I actually found it on abcgo.com and watched it there. Uh, didn't really like watching it there, but it was commercials and shit. But anyway, I finally got to watch that show, too. And um, fuck, that's a good show, man. Another one I just don't understand why it fucking didn't come back. I don't know. But yeah, I did finish NYPD Blue and watched uh, Raising the Bar also, two seasons of that. Yeah, I was I finished NYPD Blue in record time, dude. Yeah. I started on uh, March 3rd, and before the end of the month, I was done. <laughs> See, but when it comes to NYPD Blue, Boxman does not fucking mm-hmm. around. But again, it was just something I, I, I would I put it on my, uh, my big TV out there on the... Um, the external hard drive and I would just do shit around the house and it just went to the next episode. So I probably watched a good three, four seasons that way. Yeah. And yeah, but it's all jokes. You know, when something, when the show was good, it's real easy to get lost in it and knock it out. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And that's one of them, man. It's just, it's, it's good. I mean, you know, you're, you, plus I know, you know, I mean, you started season one and you, you know, you kind of look forward to Jimmy Smith's coming in, and then once you know he starts fading off, you you look forward to Rick Schroeder coming in, and then you know Rick Schroeder abruptly leaves the show. Which you know, I I I understand why he abruptly left. Rick Schroeder had a death in his family and didn't didn't want to. Uh, he was playing a very depressed person in this movie in in that 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 show at that time, and I. He didn't want to hit too close. To he home, didn't want to continue hitting close to home, so he left the show. Um, you know, that, that, understandable. And they brought in, uh, you know, Mark Paul Gesser for the last four seasons of the show. Actually, four yeah, and a yeah, half. And that was quite the jump for him to go. To go from Zach Morris to that was uh, quite the jump. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know, right after that, he jumped into raising the bar, which I believe was like a year after NYPD Blue was off the air. So but that was that was that was a really good lawyer show though. It was a good 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 show. But uh, now, uh real quick, you know, NYP. This is curious. I'm curious about it because I I mean I've caught it in spurts over the years. But how are they about like one episode bleeding into the other? Like like th- th- does it really have a good like good continuity from episode to episode? The or or, or, or does it feel like like an episode is like self contained? The first. Four seasons, most of the episodes are self-contained. Um, the every episode was sort of a day in the life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like by the end of the episode, the case would be solved, and they wouldn't reference it again. Right, right. Or, or it wouldn't be solved, and they wouldn't reference it again. But uh, season five, they started doing some two parts, three parts. Season six, they get into like a five-part episode. You know, um, and then they sort of drift away from that in season seven. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. I tend to like shows where they kind of like they kind of one episode bleeds into the next, bleed into bleeds into the next. They reference they reference stuff from season one and season eight or however long the show's been on. Um, I mean, they kind of. I kind of like shows like they kind of had they like they pay attention to detail like that. Yeah, I mean, they kind of do. I mean, you know, I, just one quick thing that I can think of is like. You know, I mean, it, all the shows do tie in. I mean, even from season one all the way to season 12, you know, they mention, um, you know, John Kelly, which was David Caruso. You know, they, they never bring him back, 
but they do mention him. Uh, you know, um, there's there's one part where Andy's getting married, and you know he's like, I I, I tried to get John here, but you know he he couldn't get out of his uh, security job. And at one point they mentioned Florida. <laughs> and it was funny because I think CSI Miami started the same year. <laughs> and they said he's at a he's at a he's at a security job in Florida, and I'm like, that was weird. That was one of those tongue in cheek things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they mentioned him. There's another part where, uh, um, uh, Mark Paul Gessler's first show, second show that he uh, you know kind of debuted in the show. His name is John Clark, and you know, uh, Andy goes in and he's like, "I don't want him as a partner. I already had a partner named John," referencing season one. <laughs> so they do a lot of callbacks, and I'll tell you this: whoever wrote, or someone in NYPD Blue was a wrestling fan because they brought up my Monday Night Wrestling a ton of times, and and <laughs> even referenced Ed Ed Strangler Lewis once. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they mentioned Monday Night Wrestling a lot on that show. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I only brought that up because um, you you uh went through a uh, NYPD Blue, and I remember like a couple years ago, I had literally went through every episode of ECW from nineteen ninety three to two thousand, and I just noticed like even from like the earliest days all the way up to the end, just watching each episode, every episode bled into the next, bled into the next. Well, a wrestling show is supposed to, and that's what you know. Th- that's that's the continuity we talk about that WWE forgets about. You know what I mean? It's it. They yeah. used to be really good about it. Remember those days? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's like it's it shouldn't be formed whether it's wrestling or a TV. Sh- especially, I just feel like wrestling. And, and, and wrestling is like you get a little bit creative license. So sometimes, even though even if it doesn't make sense, you can kind of forgive it because it's wrestling. But when it's like a long-running show, especially, I feel like there should always be some level of continuity. It should it's no be. Excuse. If the show's been on, especially once you get on five, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight years, there should be a certain level of continuity to where somebody could kind of like get into it any season and still be able to understand what's going on. Yeah, but you see, someone being able to get into it and understanding what's going on nowadays means that every episode is completely different from the other one. You got to remember... Yeah. No, the, the attention span is gone now, dude. Yeah. You know, it's 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 gone. Everyone is sitting there. How many times do you watch a show and not pick up your phone a couple of times? Yeah. You know, to look at this, look at that, look at Facebook. I mean, let's face it. I mean, when I'm on when I'm sitting there watching wrestling, I'm on Facebook the whole time talking to you guys. You know, yeah. really, people don't really care anymore about the continuity of a tv show they want a tv show they can pick up in season four and not have to go back they will let's face it people do go back now and binge watch shows thank god netflix and hulu are out there to do that and you know i know you can download stuff but neither here nor there but uh you know there's that people will but some won't some will just pick up where they started and be like oh i like this show yeah, I mean, I mean, I think honestly, and I hate to <laughs> you know, reference Tommy here, but I think one of the only shows where you can really watch it from any era and just kind of like get the gist of it 
is like a Seinfeld type of show. The only re- the only reason you would really have to watch Seinfeld from the beginning is to kind of understand like certain characters, right? That kind of like pop up every now and then to get like the relevancy of what they mean or blah blah blah. But Seinfeld is kind of like self contained. You can watch a random season of Seinfeld and still kind of get the point of the show. Yeah. That's not a show that you necessarily have to watch from the beginning to understand it. You can, and you can find some stuff funny in that show, but also realize watching a show like Seinfeld, you're dealing with a lot of inside jokes that some people are going to laugh harder at that have seen the show. Yeah, from the beginning of the experts. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, it's it's a give and take. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, everyone's completely different. You know, not everyone's – you're not – well, the, the older people aren't going to go back and binge-watch episodes. You know, maybe me because that's – I like to do that, but I mean I'm – No, I, I'm like that. I, I'm the type of person where I would – I have to watch it from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I can't watch something in the middle. No, I mean I'm planning on starting Flashpoint uh, in the next couple of weeks, maybe a month here. I'm going to take a little break, but uh, – I mean, you brought up Shades of Blue. I mean, I'm not even going to start the second season until I get through the first. Don't. I hate to tell you, but don't because you'll be confused as fuck. Yeah, yeah like I said, I watched like maybe two or three episodes from the first season. I loved mm. it, but then I just, you know, like gets in the way you get busy. Yeah. Put things on a back burner, but I want to finish that first season because I would imagine you, you kind of, t- not, you didn't spoil anything for me, but you told me the first season was hot. You got to finish it. And then in the second season, like halfway through, I guess you're halfway through it right, right about now. Yeah. I, the, the, it, this Shades of Blue does what a show is supposed to do. It sets up that whole... The, the whole first season sets up what you're about to see in the next season's coming. You know what I mean? And that's what I loved about The Shield. That whole first season of The Shield set up all the... the every... Uh, set up every episode for the next six seasons coming along. You know, the, uh, nice, the, nice. the Shield was seven episodes or seven seasons, and it looks like it was written that way. Like someone wrote the whole show and then said, "Here, here's seven seasons. Do it. This is my show." Instead of just trying to write it on the fly, you know what I mean? Yeah. But and, I, and honestly, you, you know, I never, you know, I don't know if I ever, re- I don't know if I read this anywhere. This is just my opinion on it. I was a big Tom Sopranos fan, and I can't remember where I saw it or where I read it. I might have just made it up, but who knows? But I have a vague recollection of like reading an interview or seeing an interview where basically I think David Chase said something along the lines of when he came up with the concept of the movie, I mean, not the movie, the show, he had literally wrote it out. Mm-hmm. He already had it envisioned how it was going to play out the whole show. Because originally he was going to pitch it as like a series on like ABC or something. Mm-hmm. But it was obviously Sopranos wouldn't work on regular TV, so it, I think he started making it in '97. Because if you notice, like if you watch like that first season of Sopranos, you notice like Tony doesn't sound in the in the first couple episodes how he would go on to sound like we know him as. Right. So it's, it's like a difference. It's like a difference because they started filming in '97. But basically, he fil- he basically wrote out the whole show. And he already knew how it was going to end. Hmm. So even though I thought that ending was bullshit, he kind of planned it out that way. Oh, I hate to say. Like, so he had like a long range, long range plan. I hate to say. I've I've said it before. I loved the ending. You have to realize. I I I'll say it again. That last line that Tony said, "I ordered for the table." You got to realize the meaning. 
of of what that whole line meant. It it was the whole show. Yeah. It was everything. I ordered for the table. You know, they, they had had all these trials and tribulations throughout the whole show. They had gone through this. They had gone through that. At the end of it, though, he still knew one thing. He had his family. They were together. He knew what they liked, and he ordered for the table. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, get, I get what you're saying. Look, I get I get the symbolism of it, and plus you want to leave the door open in case... Because I'm pretty sure the plan was to come back a year or two down the line, do a movie, do a retrospect, something. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get that. You don't want to blow your wide, because, I mean, Soprano was very profitable. I mean, it, it, it's still a moneymaker. Oh, yeah. But, um, it, I don't know. It's just like, put yourself in that position as a long-term viewer. Like, say you're, like, NYP, you're an NYPD Blue mm-hmm. fan, right? Say the show, whatever for whatever reason, ends on that type of cliffhanger, and like, and obviously James Gandolfini rested. He passed away, so we'll never get any type of closure on it. Right. But imagine if like NYPD Blue ended on like a cliffhanger, and it got can. Wouldn't you feel as a viewer that invested that type of time in the show to have it kind of like pussy out at the end like that? Would you feel kind of gypped? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get. I mean, it's look, almost like. Leave it up to your imagination. No, it should, well, I should, as the viewer, I shouldn't have to do let me, that. Let me, I'll it. say, any show that you don't want to end, there's no real good ending. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Any show, look, when the, the way NYPD Blue ended, it, I would have loved for it to go on another season. I really would have. It end. I mean, I'll, I'll, fuck it, I don't care. It, it's been off the air forever. If you don't know the ending, screw yourself. It ends with Andy taking over the squad. Do you know how good that show would have been if they had just went on one more season watching Andy run that fucking squad? It would have been great. So, so in your opinion, uh, it never, it wasn't that they jumped the shark. I need this shit to go away for you at the end of 12 years. I really, on top of show. I got to say that show never once jumped the shark in my opinion. They got, wow, they got close. I'm not going to lie. They got a little close. They got a little a little too serious, a little too profile-y sometimes, but never, in my opinion, did NYPD Blue jump the shark. They stuck to their guns. They stuck to, I mean, from season one to season 12, you could literally see the the format of the show stuck. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just it started the same the it, it, it ended the same everything in the middle was what it was but the format the outline of the show was always there in every well, that's episode cool. that's very yeah cool because you know a lot of shows you can you can always tell when a show is either running out of steam or it, it, they're running out of ideas when they either somebody gets pregnant on the show mm-hmm. or they add a kid I lo- I'm a big time married with children fan, and I think it was ironically. Remember that kid seven? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> ironically enough, he appeared in the seventh season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I think it was like I don't even think he made it to the whole season. He might have made it like seven or eight episodes, and they just got rid of because they realized it really wasn't working. He wasn't clicking with viewers. It took away from the Bundy dynamic. It it, it changed the whole dynamic of the show. Mm-hmm. And they just said, "No, nah, he's not working." Yeah, yeah, and what, and it turned and and they didn't they didn't uh, allow him to overstay his welcome. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I mean, yeah, 
you're right. That that's you. And I mean, I mean, jump the shark. The that's actually goes back to happy days. Happy days, happy days when when Fonzie actually jumped the shark. Only jumped the shark. Yep. Uh, how Henry Winkler? Poor Henry Winkler. He's associated with one of the worst, worst things about a TV show and or movie series. They jumped the shark. What does jump the shark have to do? Fucking Fonzie jumped the shark, dude. That's what happened. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but uh, I think it was Raven that said, Raven of all people, who basically said, like, I, I forgot he equated like Happy Days to wrestling. And he basically said, like, uh, Ron ha- when Ron Howard left the show, he was like the heart and soul. Even though Fonzie was like the over guy, uh, Ron Howard was like the like the uh, like the uh, moral compass of the mm-hmm. show, right? And it's almost like even though he wasn't like the cool guy, he was like the thing. He was like the glue that held it all together. Yeah. And then like Fonzie left to his own devices. Even though he was over, you couldn't have the show centered around him because it would get old real quick. Would you agree with that kind of like a? Uh, Viewpoint. Yeah, and let's and let's be honest here. Fonzie was getting older too. He wasn't looking like the cool young guy anymore. But um, look, and you know, you mentioned Ron Howard. You know, people made fun of him being Opie and blah blah blah. What a career he's made for himself after being those ridiculous characters. Yeah. What a career. This guy is still, to this day, producing and directing some of the greatest movies we've seen. And, and look, and, but look, look at some of the, like, he, look at some of the people he got to learn from. Mm-hmm. Fucking, I mean, he he was in di- damn near in diapers, fucking working with Andy Griffin. Yeah, and listen, he was, All and, years. and I mean, you know, let's not leave out Henry Winkler is doing the same thing. He's behind the scenes in a ton of movies. Yeah, I mean that that guy like he he's a, he's a true jack of all trades in in the, in the yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. As is Ron Howard, as is Ron Howard, and you know there's 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 someone else who I didn't realize was a huge, like who's done a ton of producing and executive producing. I was watching Pitch Black earlier, the Vin Diesel. Yeah. Do you know how much executive producing and producing he's done? Doesn't surprise me. I looked at his IMDb and almost fell over. I'm like, what? Holy fuck. Yeah. I didn't realize he was behind half of these movies. I guess he just used his, he put his money where his mouth is and just put up money for a lot of movies. Yeah. He's that, he's that, he, he's definitely uh, putting that theory to the test with this, uh, with these uh, Fast and uh, Furious franchises. He's trying, I swear, he's, <laughs> he's trying to break some type of record. I, I... We're going to get to a point where it's going to be like two a year coming out. It basically is, but I don't know. I'm, I'm. Let's, let you know what. Let's, let's, let's just finish up this movie. Why don't we do that? We're getting way. We, we've, there. we've gone way off the rails tonight. Money train rails. <laughs> don't laugh at that. It was horrible. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's over there puking right now from the disgustingness of that one. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. 
Um, co-host carry other co-hosts. <laughs> anyway, we're uh, you know, b- b- they were stealing the train. Tons of things are going wrong when they're stealing the train. I got to be honest with you. They stretched this movie out a little too much. They probably could have ended it at an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, I will say that, yeah. This part didn't need to be this long. Yeah. Um, But they had all kinds of troubles. Um, And really, most of the troubles were because Patterson had really prepared for someone possibly stealing this train. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's part of what the problem was, but I mean, they're, they're arguing during this scene. They're doing this they're doing that. What ends up happening is, um, they end up actually really had, they, 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 they try to get off the train because the train actually ends up just kind of going real again off the rails, but it's not, it's on the rails. It's, um, it's basically out of control. They don't know, and they're trying to get off the train. They jump on top of it. Um, the train ends up derailing, and they end up jumping off the train. Train ends up off the tracks. Now, they end up <clears throat> walking back through the subway because they did finally get off the train before the train crashed, and the train did crash. It crashed through the construction site. And just took it out. Uh, night, babe. Love you. And um, <laughs> sorry for that. And oh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, <clears throat> took it out. Jennifer Lopez. The whole time this is going on is getting there because she actually figures out what's going on. Patterson spots them because he knows that's them. He doesn't. He can't confirm it, but he thinks. And uh, you know he's over there. And, uh, you know, we had said before that Patterson would do anything and everything to stop this train. Anything and everything actually meant there was an actual subway train ahead of them full of people. Uh, You know, ordinary citizens just trying to get from place to place. And he didn't care. He actually didn't even care if those people died. He was willing to ram the train right into those people to stop it. Uh, Which brings us to the, you know, kind of ties into the end here where you know JLo's on the way they get caught and you know what let me just do this let me just do this two seconds here we go shit is that Patterson? get the hell out of here get out of here what are we gonna do? Hey man, we heard it over the scanner. Woo man, what a yeah, mess. Trouble. Look, if there's anything that we can do to help, just All set. you gotta do is ask. Yeah. What are you two bags of shit doing here? You ain't even cops no more. Come on, come on, man. We just wanna help, okay? We're trying to help you. Hey, sweet pea. How's your cock working now that you ain't got a badge no more? What? This is what I think of you, you fuck up. Hey, hey, my hey, face? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, hey, you're gonna hit it. Why not? Because I'm gonna hit it. No, 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 you're not gonna hit it. We both hit it. And they both hit him. Oh, that's good shit. You ain't. <laughs> but uh, after the. Oh, shit. <clears throat> after they both hit him, obviously he's pissed. 
J-Lo comes in and actually arrests him for endangering lives. And uh, remember that that that's illegal. I don't, I'm not sure if that's the exact charge. Here, let's let's, uh, let's find out. Bastards! Arrest him for assault! No, Patterson! Uh, You're under arrest! Uh, you endangered the lives of innocent people, and you are gonna pay. Yeah, there we go. Did you see that? Endangering the lives of innocent people. There you go. So I was right. God damn it, I was right. There he. Uh, so Patterson is under arrest. And they actually get away with it. Now, Wesley Snipes believes that they just crashed the train and didn't get any money. Well, he's sitting here, and you know what? Fuck it. We're at the end of the movie. Let's play some parts. What do you say? They're at the end of this movie. <clears throat> so let's do it. They're they're literally outside Times Square here. Um, and, uh, Wesley Snipes once again thinks that, uh, all they did was wreck the train. They didn't get any of the money, but, uh, well, Woody Harrelson has a little bit of news for him. Here we go. Okay, give me a, we're, um, we don't need to hear the fucking cheering. Is it New Year's? It is. Yeah, it's it is. New Year's near the middle of Times Square. That's what it is. Here we go. There was one big bag in there with $536,000 in change, and Woody Harrelson shoved it in his jacket. Uh, and that's pretty much where the movie ends. Yeah, hey, at that point, it's a possess. What they what's, what's that law? Possession is nine tenths. There of the you law? go. There you go. Um, yeah. definitely a good movie. Like we said before, it's obvious. It, it's really good to see a movie where people have some chemistry, and I love um, when two. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there is a reason actors do more than one movie together. You yes. know, you look at, I mean, you look at Chris Farley and um, David Spade, you know, you, you got those two guys together. You look at um, Bill Murray and Harold Bill Ramis. Murray and Harold Ramis, there you go. You, uh, But you people do movies together more than one because they have great chemistry together. Yes. You know. These two guys did. And, you know, I mean, we've talked about, you know, the chemistry between this movie and White Man Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump was after this, right? No, no before, White before, Man before, before. It came out about three years. You're right, before. before. So, but, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, these guys obviously have, you know, had, it's kind of strange that the chemistry was better in White Man Can't Jump, but you said it really really well before when you said that uh, there were more equals in that movie. Um, yeah. it, it, it came off that way. 
Yeah, and, and, and I honestly think, you know, I, I do like Money Train, so I, I would definitely recommend it to anybody. But it's one of those movies where their chemistry overcame a, a subpar script, in my opinion. Because if, if you really look at the script and, like, the, a lot of the dialogue mm-hmm. and a lot of the, a lot of the scenarios, it's kind of like, eh. But did they play off of each other so well that it kind of you kind of look overlook a lot of stuff in this movie? That's one part of it, and I'll be honest with you: the part, the, a lot of parts in that movie where they're not together aren't great. The parts yeah, yeah. in White Men Can't Jump that are really memorable are the parts where they're together. The parts on the court where those two are acting together. This movie, there's more parts where you know they're. They're separate and that are memorable than together. But, you know, White Man Can't Jump, every movie where they're together, every segment or scene where they're together is is memorable. They're 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 awesome in that movie. A little weird that, you know, they're they're But I, I think you're right with the fact that they were playing equal parts as equal people in that movie kind of made it. Yeah, it, it, it it's, it's almost like in this movie, they wanted to take like that dynamic of. They're always at each other's throats. Yeah. Like, they were at each other's throats and uh, white men can't jump, but they came together. And I think they wanted to take that dynamic and transfer it over here. But for some reason, it it just seemed a little off. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because, like, they kind of played, like, you know, they always had Woody Harrelson as, like, the sad sack in this one. And Wesley Snipes was always... He really wasn't, like, the uh, doing that much better, but they kind of played it off that way. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, it's just like they tried to take the chemistry from White Men and transfer it over to here, but for, I can't put my finger on it. But something was missing with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and you know that's uh, that's really it for the movie. Let me see if I have. I don't know what I've got for trivia here. <laughs> and box office wise, I mean, it, it made money, so that's always good. Uh-huh. But all right, yeah, let me see. I had it right here. The budget to make it was sixty-eight million, and it only made it made a seventy-two. I'm sorry, seventy-seven point two million back. So it was only about what? Jesus. Yeah. Barely a ten million dollar uh, profit. Yeah. Let's see. Two about nine million. Well, that's not great, but it did something. Two days after the film opened, two men poured petrol over a ticket booth on the Brooklyn subway and set it ablaze. In an incident similar to this. Wow. This is why that movie didn't do good. Consequently, New York subway workers called for a boycott of the film and removal of all of the posters from every station in the subway. Republican Senator Bob Dole at the time quickly came out in support of them. Columbia Pictures refused, though, to bow to their demands. That has a little bit to do with probably why this movie didn't do as good as it was supposed to. Yeah. Wow, dude. Uh, wow, political, yeah, because cause it kind of it makes sense. Even if, like I said, our uh, our criticism of it aside, you would think that, you know, three years after White Men Can't Jump, you know, first, they didn't do a lot of movies together, so you would think when they would come together, it would be big box office. And it's like, hmm. I was always thought it was kind of weird that this movie didn't do as well as it should have. So yeah, that kind of puts it in perspective now. Yeah, um, you know we've uh, 
We said Robert Blake was in this movie. I don't know if many people probably remember. Robert Blake was in a little bit of a thing about uh, some tiny little murder uh, back in the day. Um, Robert Blake says his first meeting with producer John Peters consisted of Peters wrestling Blake to the ground. Uh, (laughs) Peters told Blake that he wrestled him to see if he would lose his temper and try to kill him. (laughs) What the fuck? Little did he know. (laughs) Uh, What the fuck? I don't know. Robert Blake, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I mean, look at, I mean, look, he's, I mean, look, look all jokes, even before all of the, you know, uh, you know, things he was alleged to do with his wife, girlfriend, whatever she was at the time. You, he looks like a creepy motherfucker. Like, he didn't age well, mm-hmm. right? It, does it blow your mind that at one point he was actually this cute, adorable kid on a little fucking rascal? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it, man? Does that blow your mind that Robert Blake was a little rascal? It's weird, man. <laughs> Looking back? It is weird. Um, in the opening scene where Wesley Snipes hits the cop, you know, that was the scene I played where, you know, you're not going to hit him, I'm going to hit him. There's a Die Hard 2 poster on the wall. Uh, Die Hard 2 was at, actually written by Doug Richardson, the director. So that's, you know, kind of a kind of a little call back to his movies. Um, And I mean, there's not much. uh, Cameron Diaz and Catherine Zeta-Jones auditioned for the part that uh, J-Lo had of Grace Santiago. Cameron Diaz would have just been odd. She's like the whitest of white people. Yeah, she 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 kind of had. I mean, look, Cameron Diaz is fine as fuck, but it, it, you know, she was just coming off. I think she did the mass, right? She was in that a year before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like you know, she's an attractive girl, obviously, and that goes without saying. But she doesn't. She that that role needed to be somebody that's rough around the edges, obviously. Uh, J Lo, she's a New Yorker, mm-hmm. and she just kind of gives off that vibe of being, even though she's fine as fuck, she's. She gives off that vibe of being a badass that knows how to take care of herself. Right. And Cameron Diaz just kind of gives like that ditzy kind of valley girl. Yeah. Clueless type of, you know, no, that that would have been, I'm not saying she would have done terrible, but I don't think it would have been believable. Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones might not have been bad, but uh, two other quick things. Um, this is kind of weird. This is a really not important thing, but I want to mention this. Josh, uh, I'm sorry, John, who was Wesley Snipes, his handgun in the movie is a Glock 19. That's the gun I took my handgun test with. Charlie's handgun is a Smith & Wesson 6906, which is also known as a uh, Shield 9mm, which is my carry weapon. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) You are a gunman. That is that should be a new name. You should have like multiple names. There you go, Gunman. That is uh, nothing to do with the movie, but I just thought it was weird that both guns I've uh, I've shot. So I don't know, and that's really uh, that's really it, man. Yeah, we we Weebs, Weebs is mentioning that Wildcats had uh, Snipes and Harrelson. We mentioned that before, Weebs. Where the hell have you been? And uh, yeah, Robert Blake whacked his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. 
this kind of brings into question. I don't know. You you, you talk about people that would have been good in certain mm-hmm. roles. I swear, uh, Robert Blake would have fit like a glove in like a in Goodfellas. I would have loved. I would have loved to have seen him in like a Martin Scorsese movie, either Casino or Goodfellas. He would have fit in like a glove. He would have just facially. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He could have pulled, pulled something off. Yeah, yeah, he would have. Oh, he definitely would have. I don't know. On that note, I don't know, man. You got anything else? Oh, I'm like, nah. Yeah, I think we're good, man. I think we're good. Um, Next week, you want to, uh, I think we should do a Mafia week next week. I don't know why. We're talking a lot about Mafia yes. tonight. Yes, uh, yeah, and yeah. I will, you know, I'm, I'm still gonna throw up a poll, do some mafia classics. Yeah, put some up there. Uh, but, uh, but definitely, um, you know, I'm in the mood to, you know, gives me an excuse to watch Casino, mm-hmm. maybe throwing Heat in there. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, get get tease te- te- you a little bit. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, on that note, I guess we'll uh go ahead and uh, get everything out of the way, get done here. It's uh. After two o'clock in the morning, where you guys are, most of you guys. So let's go ahead and get this done. We uh, don't forget always catch me and Anthony right here, eleven thirty p.m. Eastern time, right here on Mixler.com slash THD podcast. Go check out our Facebook. Just check out THD Movie Review. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook. Like I already said. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes Radio, and uh, don't forget to catch me and Shaheen. We're Wednesdays right here on the same website, mixer.com slash THD podcast. We're at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to talk a little wrestling next week. Um, And uh, there you go. On that note, Anthony, anything else? Oh, I just want to mention, like, uh, in about two weeks, I want to say, two, two and a half weeks, we will be coming up on our one-year anniversary Mm -hmm. box. Absolutely. Totally ungay anniversary, by the way. There you go. We've been together for a long time, even predating the show, but uh, in a couple weeks, this show will be gone, will be one year old, and we're going to celebrate. There you go. I don't know exactly how we're going to do it, but it'll be a special episode. We'll, uh, so we'll play some cool in the gang and have some fun. Yes, <laughs> that'll be a very special episode to look forward to in the month of April. Folks. There you go. And this is going to tie in perfectly with Mafia Week because uh, next week we're going to do the Mafia show somehow. And uh, on that note, we end the show with this. Oh, where'd it go? Go home and get your fucking shine box. Later. Later. <laughs>